0: Matt,
1: you know what I'm calling this episode this week? What? This is the supersized episode 13.
0: (laughs) This is a supersized episode 13. And isn't it crazy that we've done a podcast now for 13 weeks? That doesn't even sound real.
1: (laughs) It really doesn't. But this whole year doesn't sound real. So I'm just rolling with it.
0: Yeah. I mean, 13 podcasts is a is a lot of episodes and not to mention we started up in what like march april so it's been reasoned by so shout out all the listeners that have been here with us since episode one what's going on peter
1: not much matt i mean i don't even give a shit about how we're doing because we just have to jump right into it i mean listen
0: wait let's let's preface this episode by say like telling them how excited we were to actually record this episode because of how many topics you put together on this one.
1: We we will just, I'm just going to spoil it. We got 13 topics to talk about today. For
0: episode 13. For episode 13,
1: <laughs> we got 13 topics, which is by far the most. I think we have, we've never had more than like eight.
0: I was just going to say like for those listening, usually our episodes run like an hour, an hour and a half, I'd say. And they're like seven, eight, maybe at most 10 topics. Yeah. And they're fairly like short topics, but this is going to be half the episode. So if you guys are driving somewhere, if you guys are in bed, if you guys are doing something, you want to hear some background noise and listen to some, Amazing sports, then, just turn this one on because this is going to be a jam packed episode thirteen
1: i i couldn't have said it better myself, so let me just say one thing here. Um, you know that a story is big when it trumps baseball coming back for us talking about it first, and do you know what that topic is, matt why don't you tell everyone what that topic is?
0: I honestly think this might be the clip that makes us go viral because, as everyone knows, we're two huge jet fans, and the best player on the Jets, it's not even an argument. He's the best player. It was I, on the Jets
1: by tenfold? He's the best player on the Jets, yeah.
0: And we just was. traded our best player, Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams, you haven't heard, I guarantee you, you've definitely heard. You live <laughs> under a rock, yeah. He's been traded to the Seattle Seahawks for a three picks and, um, and the starting a saf- safety and the starting safety, um, on Seattle,
1: and Bradley McDougal. thank um, you,
0: number 30. So the Jets – I just wanted to uh, let them know the Jets are receiving two first-round picks and one third-round pick You know, Bradley McDougal.
1: I just want to start this off by saying that we're remarkably calm talking about this because, first off, I want to say I'm going to do just something impromptu right now, Matt. I'm giving – we don't even have to put this into a clip. We could just put it all together. But goaded to, this week goes to Joe Douglas, man.
0: Wow. I, I honestly didn't even see you coming with that because I thought – you know – I didn't know where this was going to turn but we'll start off there. Uh Joe Douglas definitely I would say we're a little biased though Peter because we are Jet fans. But uh yeah, looking I, at it uh, yeah. lo- looking at it from and trying to look at it from an, a regular perspective, I'd say the Jets easily won the trade. They got first of all fought, getting a a first one first round pick at first was very difficult for Jamal and and Douglas had said despite Jamal Adams coming out and saying all this shit about like with uh with the new york po- uh, news daily news excuse me and him talking all this crap about adam Gase and all this like douglas had said he was gonna wait till the trade was right and if you noticed actually the the same day he got traded douglas came out and said we're still not trading him so i guess they hadn't gotten a deal that they wanted until yesterday and that's why i think joe douglas deserved being goaded for this week and they want the a hey. deal in my opinion
1: yeah, I, I absolutely think that they. I'm. I'm just gonna say that they fleeced the Seahawks. And the way I'm thinking about it is, like you said, like if you if we we rewind to last year with the Steelers going for Minka Fitzpatrick, they gave up a first and a third round pick for arguably someone that's pretty damn close to Jamal Adams, if you ask me.
0: Yeah, uh, and- I'm. So they? They played two different like. Uh, safety positions uh, or am I as, I mean Minka's I, weird Minka's like Minka's all over weird the place, yeah it's well same thing
1: with Jamal Jamal's all over I would the say place it's too
0: similar I would say similarly they're about the same skill level in terms but of the, the Steelers
1: gave up a first and a third and then Joe Douglas was yeah Joe Douglas stayed firm he knew that he was gonna get a premium price and he got it he got two first-round picks I mean if you think about that they're essentially early second-round picks just because the way that Seattle plays you know what I mean? It, it, those picks are probably going to be twenty-five to thirty-two.
0: Yeah, that that he knew going into it. I was. Yeah, assuming. I think that's why Seattle, he got two for it. Also, Seattle, like they're always a playoff team. So yeah, let's take it with a grain of salt. I'd say anywhere from the twenty-five to the thirty-two spot. Yeah.
1: Oh, I'm I'm just like, and you know, the the best part about it too is like, listen, this deal doesn't get done without Bradley McDougal coming back our way because. Not only did Joe Douglas get pieces to build the future with the draft capital, he also got a starting safety as well with it. So, really, I mean, Joe Douglas, throughout the whole offseason, there hasn't been a move that he has done that I haven't been like, I don't really like that. Everything that he's done, I pretty much like. I think that he's he's the man that you want in the driver's seat if you want to build a franchise for the Jets. I think he's absolutely the right man for the job.
0: Yeah, he got – because – Forget McDougal for a second. Like, what you would expect for Jamal Adams, a player like that, one of the best players in football, I would say, is like draft compensation. You need a lot of draft picks. The fact that he got someone who's like a solidified good safety, I wouldn't say he's Jamal Adams. Like, we know this. We wouldn't say this. But with Greg Williams, you could see how anything is possible over there. And I'm not going to lie to you, for getting a safety of that talent and additional picks for that, I think it's perfect because. Now you have Ashton Davis, who the Jets just drafted. Um, They have a couple corners, like Bryce Hall. Marcus May. Marcus May is still there. Don't forget, one of the best free safeties in football, why Jamal Adams thrives so much, which you've said, even when he was on the team, um, that Jamal's so good because May kind of, like, overshadows him in a way. And that's always been true. He wouldn't be that good without May. So you get a two – I mean, you get a good safety, good talent, and then you pair him with, like, Bryce Hall, Ashton Davis, new draft picks. And then already Marcus May. here, Pierre Desir,
1: they have, too. The secondary – And, yeah.
0: Uh, Greg Williams is going to have a, a field day with these players. So the, I think it works out perfectly.
1: The secondary is remarkable. I mean, this is really isn't saying much, as you know. The secondary is remarkably more talented as a whole. Don't- <laughs> as a whole, it's more talented now with all the pieces that they've got. I, yeah, mean, I mean, and it really wasn't that talented to begin with last year.
0: People but- might – go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: But I think with all the pieces, like Joe Douglas looks like the type of guy. How many one-year deals did he give out? this year oh yeah like, ton
0: uh the dude from the colts you just mentioned uh yeah. pierre uh this year yeah um yeah. what's his name uh i'm drawing a blank here he played for the falcons i love him cornerback he's on just i don't one your deal oh, brian pool brian pool yeah
1: um yeah. that's yeah every, a bunch basically of there's so every many players there's <laughs> So many but you know what I, I really like about it is that he's not frank just Gore. signing these guys <laughs> shout out frank or the goat um he's not just signing these guys to they're, they're great bridge players, but you could also sign them afterwards as good pieces. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what they did with Pool. Like, Poole was a bridge guy last year. And, you know, he played well enough to get another contract. Granted, it was another one-year deal. But he's still young enough to the point where if maybe um, last year wasn't a fluke and he's still as good as he was last year, then, okay, we give him a three-year deal. And if it's not, well, he's gone. You know what yeah, I'm saying? It's
0: it's kind of like Joe, I feel like Joe Douglas loves those prove-it deals where it's just yeah. like play for me or you're gone and
1: you make them you get the most out of your players like that, I feel like. We too.
0: haven't seen an approach like this from a Jets gym in a while. And it's usually all been the same, like McCagnin. um oh my god, I'm drawing blanks today. Itzik. Uh John Idzik, and then like um one more with the double M. I don't know why I'm forgetting everything today.
1: I just want to see oh, you're talking about Mike Tannenbaum.
0: Yeah, Tannenbaum, like they always go after these big free agents, similar to how Jacksonville does it every year, and they'll spend mm-hmm. a ton of money and they don't in free agency. do shit with it. And like we have, we look like a good team on paper, and then they win six, seven games, and, or four some years, and then we're back in the same spot. This is a different approach. This is one year prove it deals, build draft stock, build draft capital, keep talent now, and kind of just build a base around this team. And that's different, and I love that for the Jets.
1: The last thing I'm going to say about Joe Douglas, <clears throat> pardon me, before we get into. The other half, the the reaction. (laughs) Um, What I want to say is, there hasn't really been this much organization inside the Jets front office since Bill Parcells was a part of it in in the '90s. -hmm. So I, like I said before, I'm going to say it again. He's absolutely the right man for the job it's a it's a monumental task the jet fan base is not one to be patient and rightfully we we've earned that right to not be patient yeah but we might have to wait another one or two years uh let you know if we're going to be real we're both very real jet fans i feel like yeah. the jets i i think the best case scenario they go 8 and 8 this year even if they play it's a tough schedule. All, all we're looking for is growth. We want to see Darnold take the next, the next step. We want to see Greg Williams have another top 10 defense. I can care less. Honestly, they go 5-11, 6-10. As long as we see strides, that's all that's that all matters. That's because point, then, yeah. Yeah, then you get two first-round picks. Then you have two third-round picks next year, too. You know what I mean? And it, it's, it's exciting to think that, wow, finally there's a GM that maybe won't throw a crap load of cash at, at people just because of the name. You know, Joe Douglas seems like a businessman first.
0: Yeah, and I like that, and that's yeah. why I'm excited for the future. I think if Joe Douglas fails and this isn't the answer the Jets needed, then at this point, I don't even know I don't what even we'll know what do to next. Do. I don't even know. Yeah. They,
1: might, they might as well give us a crack.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so interesting way to start the Jamal reaction. But, yes, Joe Douglas does deserve all that praise, and I think we should throw him in as goaded. We'll transition now to the reaction that everyone's probably been waiting to hear, which will definitely get highlighted and we'll make clips of. <laughs> first of all i'm gonna start it off by saying you shout go, out levy on bell because um listen to me you brought this up to me even before all the twitter stuff that he was doing yesterday and acted so maturely and had the Jets fans back and acted like a true like leader. A leader yeah see that's how you know it's a fact because we're saying the same thing great minds think alike but like even before that remember when the jets had signed him and he was a problem with Mike Tomlin and he was big in the Steelers locker room you brought this up to me i didn't even remember this i forgot that's how good he's acted that um Le'Veon's matured so much prior and he's acted like a professional through and uh, thick and thin and he even yep. when they went 7 and 9 they started off the season horribly he always said i was here jets nation he did play poorly but but horrible offensive line to play with like
1: yeah it, what are you it, gonna
0: do and he's acted like a professional the whole time and to put the cherry on top of it yesterday when jamal adams called him which was reported um and said he's probably gonna stay in new york he's just frustrated and jamal's you don't forget was the same person that went on twitter and recruited Le'Veon bell if you don't remember jamal always loves trying to bring people to new york and recruiting yeah, all these people and well, he recruited, so he brought him in, said stay here for a couple of years, we'll win, and then what did he do? He left. So shout out Le'Veon Bell for not engaging in the immature antics that Jamal Adams always does on Twitter, and he made him yeah. look so stupid yesterday. I loved it. Shout out Le'Veon you know,
1: Bell. You know, I'm, I'm just going to add a little bit to that. Like I said, the professional since he got here. I was a little worried. At first, because you know that immaturity, it's so funny how we were, we were worried about Bell at first being immature in the locker room, and then it turned out to be the leader of the Jets
0: that was the, was immature, the one. immature one. Uh, but
1: um, tremendous growth from Le'Veon Bell. You know what I love, too? He's owned up to the fact that he didn't play well. He owned up to the fact that he hasn't lived up to his contract yet. I just really respect the way that he's, he's matured, like you said. I mean, would we see this type of Le'Veon Bell four or five years ago? Probably not probably would have been blamed on something else. But even with the poor offensive line play and, and the play calling all over the place, like you said, he never batted an eye, never complained. And, you know, shout out Le'Veon Bell f- for real, because they, there could have been a lot said in that Twitter spat yesterday and he didn't, he didn't I th- go crazy. Yeah,
0: and I, You know what I think too? I told you this yesterday on the phone. Like I think Le'Veon was an immature star at one point in his career and he probably sees it in jamal adams is like you know what i'm just gonna take the high road and i honestly have nothing but respect for that in terms of him for that yeah and in terms of jamal adams like because we've been like dodging and weaving because there's people more important than him but (laughs) um Listen to me. I'm not going to sit here and say he's a bad player because he's the best safety in football, in my opinion, and he still is. And you know what? When people leave the team, usually, like, when you look at Knicks basketball and poor Zingas, you could trash them all you want. But you really can't trash them all. He, the Seahawks got the best safety in football, without a doubt. Um, Although, I just think the immaturity, and if you don't even want to be on this team at this point, and all the tweeting and all the diva antics, and it's like almost nearing. Not as bad as no, Antonio Brown. No, but it's, like, it's
1: not as bad as Antonio Brown, but it's worse than Odell Beckham.
0: Yeah, and it's like you know what people don't. Know, I feel like a lot of people don't know because they're not Jets fans. But Jets Twitter knows how Jamal has been for the last two, three years. So, yeah. good luck with that, Seattle. Additionally, I don't think he's going to get a contract extension from Seattle because why would you? And, and then, he also
1: said that he wants to still be the highest paid safety in football too. Yeah.
0: So what? So what did you really get out of this deal? You got. To go somewhere else, like you're happy apparently, but we'll see how long that really lasts. I told you I'm interested to see how this plays out because if he doesn't perform well, he just dug himself the biggest hole he could have dug himself. All the pressures on Jamal Adams. Yeah, now.
1: absolutely. And I'm actually going to, before I, I go in on Jamal Adams, I'm actually going to start with the Seattle Seahawks at first because Seattle's been known, you know, GM John uh, Schneider since he's taken over. Tremendous businessman. They've, I feel like they haven't had a bad contract. Since he's been there, they're one of the more well-run organizations like tw- in football.
0: Was that? Did he take over in 2012? Because I think it was a since, little
1: bit before that. It was before because Idzik area. was his was his um, yeah. assistant. That's They've what all, fooled the Jets. That's
0: a great point, Peter. <laughs> they always have been. <laughs> they always have been though, run um, very, smoothly, very smooth, very smooth organizations. and they have a nice
1: little core. <laughs> but now this this kind of throws a little wrench in the works. This is out of Seattle's element. They're not one to go. You know what I'm saying? Russell Wilson himself, superstar, never traded for him this is really the first trade that I can think of with Seattle in the last maybe decade that it's like, wow, they traded all those, all those assets for a superstar. Mm-hmm. And now there's even more pressure on Seattle to win. I mean, you have the second best quarterback in football in Russell Wilson. In my opinion, I love yeah. Russell Wilson. You I think he's the second even, best quarterback. You could in say
0: the easily one, two or three. I wouldn't be mad. Yeah. You top did. three. We'll, we'll
1: yeah. say for sake of argument, but um. You know, I feel like the Seattle Seahawks have been doing their draft and their, their trading work here ass backwards. Your number one asset is Russell Wilson. He's the one that's going to win you football games at the end of the day because he's just that good. You're uh, 100% don't get me, right. No, and, you're 100% right. And the thing is, it's, everything's ass backwards. Don't get me wrong. Their defense was pretty atrocious last year and adding Jamal Adams gives them probably a top 10 defense again. But when your quarterback was sacked the most in football. I think he was sacked 48 or 49 times last year. Yeah. And that's with him being mobile. Can you it imagine was, if he, if he was as flat footed as Phillip rivers, he would have been sacked 70
0: times last year. Yeah. He had uh, for statistical people listening, I could probably pull it up, but he had, he, it was top three worst in the league and pressures, the Seattle Seahawks. And you know,
1: every, every which way that they could have gone to protect him, add weapons for him. Yeah. They have DK Metcalf. You know what I'm telling you? He's a freak himself. And they have Tyler Lockett. But I, I just feel like, you know, nothing stands out to me, that they were never really the offensive juggernaut ever. But, like, you know, he's not saying that he he's um, diminishing at all. If anything, he's getting better every year. But, you know, he's getting up there in age. Getting sacked that many times is going to get to you. And I'm, I'm kind of, like, iffy on, on the way that they're building their team. Maybe they're trying to take some of the pressure off of Russell Wilson, which I think is is a good way to go if that's what they're trying to do. Uh, just think giving up that many assets for a safety, even though it's a game breaking safety is, is, a is a little curious with that being said.
0: One more thing just wanted to say before you go in your whole tandem. Uh, I agree with you a thousand percent. And I just wanted to add, I think they throw all their eggs in one basket, Russell Wilson, cause they, cause that's how good he is. He doesn't need these people around him to succeed. So, but you are right. It is something to monitor now because it's like, he's a human being. <laughs> yeah. How many times, how many times, how, how many, many years fold? is
1: he going to go being top five in sacks?
0: No, yeah. And also, um, yeah, you can't do that every single season that, that I, I so. didn't even realize that in that deal. And that's on the monitor. hundred percent, please go in on this dude, please. <laughs> Listen,
1: I'm not going to get too heated because we still have a long way to go. And I think I'm going to zap all my energy. If I go, this is you, his antics. We've, we've made peace with that. This kid that, um, that I used to work with, Reese, texted me, was like, Oh, you're big mad and stuff like that. I'm not. I made my peace <laughs> with it weeks ago that Jamal Adams was not going to be on the Jets. And I'm mm-hmm. very happy with the return. The thing that got me the most was the Instagram live, like two hours after the trip. Smoking the
0: cigar and the Bronteaga shirt. <laughs>
1: like, oh my God. Like, how childish can you get? Like, I don't understand. Like, this, and he's like, Oh, you're big mad. You're big man. Bro, like, oh my goodness, like how narcissistic can you be? Like, this is just, oh my Oh God, I just want to, I want to throw my laptop. If you weren't on my laptop, <laughs> I would throw it right now. It's just like, yo, it's such a slap in the face and it's so disrespectful, like to the fans and that fake ass, like, thank you to the fans. That's on what I'm saying. Bro, he has he a got, balls to put that out first. Flamed, for- bro. He got flamed for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, just leave, bro. Like, we we made your peace with you going. Don't even say anything to us because you know everything was going to be bad backlash anyway for the yeah. way that you've handled everything, the way you've been a bitch the past couple months. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, Jamal, I hope you hear this, bro. Like, yo, I want all the smoke with you, Jamal. Like, <laughs> let's go. But in all seriousness, though, I'm actually pissed because I got a Jamal Adams jersey for Christmas, and now I have nothing to do with it. I'm never wearing that jersey again. But it, it, this just bothers me because it's like – at the end of the day, he got what he wanted. He want, he wanted out, and he got, you know, to a Super Bowl contending team. But he's just such a dick about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I thought Odell was bad when he was when he was leaving the Giants and stuff like that. And he trashed the Giants in tweets and stuff like that. I can only imagine what's going to be coming out the next couple of weeks with Jamal. With tweet you know, subbing everyone. I mean, I'm all for the Adam Gay slander, so I might just stick around for that. But everything else, it's just... It's just such a sticky situation. It's so, like, tiresome. Like, I wake up and I go on Twitter and I see Prez tweeted at, like, 7 a.m. Like, bro, do some calisthenics or something. Like, get your blood flowing. Like, stop tweeting about the Jets and shit like that. It's just so annoying. Like, yo, this man has never – I'm not going to say he never faced adversity in his life, but he never struggled because this man grew up in Texas in a very – I'm not going to say wealthy household, but – you know what I'm saying? He never, never struggled throughout his childhood. Got all the best things that he wanted. You know what I'm saying? Got to go to the premium school. And that's not only because of money. That's because of his footballing ability. But you know what? The second that he doesn't get what he wants, he throws a bitch fit. Like, what is that? That's just spoiled
0: right there. Yeah, that's, that you could see well, what, uh, what type of person someone is based that's, on. That. That's, that's just saying, like yeah.
1: being spoiled. Like, yeah. Like, look at Mahomes, bro. Mahomes is the best player in football.
0: Most humble as like, well.
1: Exactly. Kansas City said, Listen. We're not going to give you a deal right now. You're going to get your deal, and you're going to get paid. And he sat back. He didn't say a public word about it
0: because he knew he was going to get paid. And who's uh, the did highest Jamal... paid player in football yeah. history? Did
1: Jamal really think that he wasn't going to get paid by the Jets?
0: Yeah, we, we you know already said we like, would take care of him.
1: Like, you know what I'm saying? Relax, bro. You're not going to get it right away. Like, this is a business. First and foremost, For football billion. is football. It's a
0: business. You know what I'm saying? like. And now he dug himself into a deeper hole. He doesn't even know if he's gonna get the money from anywhere if he doesn't perform. He should just sat back and stay quiet. And that was all. That's he what I'm would've. saying,
1: do your talking on the field, man. But that's not the yeah. way that he is. And as soon as some adversity pops up for him, he throws a bitch fit. He doesn't get the way that he wants. He throws a bitch fit. So you know what? We don't have to deal with you anymore. You can go through a bitch fits in Seattle and really see a well-run organization. We'll see how long that flies.
0: Yeah, I agree. And he's not doing that shit with Pete Carroll. There's no way no I'm not going to say here in lie that the jets are a great run, great, excuse me, greatly run organization. Cause they're not, we know that they're not, but I'll tell you something that um, it is. I think they're on the uprise with Joe Douglas and, and everything, but you cannot do the same shit you were doing in New York that you're going to, that you're going to try to do in Seattle. It's not going to happen and do it. Yeah, no shot. And speaking of jerseys, I'll tell you what, that Le'Veon Bell jersey that's in my closet right now is hitting two times harder after uh, the tweets last night. <laughs> so that's like the stock rose on that jersey.
1: Go stream Le'Veon Bell's music. Right
0: yeah, I now. tweeted that last night. 100% everyone. That was hilarious. Was yeah, I forgot that you dropped an album, but I, I was bumping it every day. <laughs> I mean, not every day, <laughs> uh, bumping it every, every song last night. Um, he deserved all those streams, but I'm so happy that the situation's over and a way. And we got I, it
1: I really it am. He
0: wanted. It's sad, know. though. I can't lie to you. It's sad. But you know what? Don't act like Jets fans haven't been through this before. With someone even better yeah. than Rivas.
1: You know, I'm, I'm going to – I sit here and I just bashed Jamal Adams for about five minutes straight. But what I will say, that was all about the person pretty much that he is. I I still love him as a football player. A I, honestly, I honestly would love to see nothing more. A player like him deserves to win a Super Bowl. No doubt about it. A player of his caliber it'll be criminal if he goes his whole career and plays at the same level and doesn't win a Super Bowl. Yeah, so I hope right. the be- the best for Jamal in his football career, but I hope he gets his narcissistic and and um, act pissy ass um, personality traits, you know, I hope I hope he gets all the help that he needs with that.
0: <laughs> that was a sub. <laughs> that was a nice little jab in there, but I I honestly agree with you. He needs to He, I mean, we do forget he's probably a couple of years older than us, so it it makes sense, but you know what? Not all athletes conduct themselves that way, and that's no excuse when there's people like Patrick Mahomes out there who's probably the same age as him and is doing the exact same thing. So, I mean, the exact opposite. So, yeah. I, let's just end it at that. Let's move on (laughs) to the next topic. Let's move on to something. Good you. I'll tell you something. You you, you talk a lot. You got a lot of pressure on your plate now, so you better. uh, There's going to be a lot of people wishing on your downfall right now. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Never
0: want that, but
1: I would like to move on now to something do happy, happy. that, that we can talk about? Yeah. <laughs> That's how
0: we're talking about, about Jamal, Jamal, bro. That's yeah. how we feel about, about about Jamal Adams inside. But yeah, let baseball's back. Baseball is <laughs> back, and you know what?
1: I I don't hate it. I do not. I thought I was gonna hate the no crowds and everything like that, and the pumped in you know crowd noise from MLB the show and Matt Vasgersian subbing everyone at the plate. You know what I'm saying? But honestly, bro, the first telecast, obviously, ESPN was going to do everything in their power to make it the best telecast of the year, first game. You have the most storied franchise in sports history, the Yankees against the defending World Series champs, the Nationals. I think the telecast, besides for, obviously, the rain delay, the the rain out and everything like that, tremendous job. They brought in different players. There was a a nice, like, 10-minute segment with Matt Chapman Throughout the game, like they had on Zoom Zoom or whatever, you know, you know, like I I really enjoyed that, and I think that's something that should be. They did it with Piazza. Um,
0: They did it with Mike Piazza on one of the games. Um, It was the day after I was watching. I think it was the Met game they had Mike Piazza Mm -hmm. on. So it is very cool what they're doing with the whole Zoom stuff.
1: I really like that, and just the whole overall production of it, and like you know what we we're in no place none of us any baseball fan that's watching this we have no right to complain and we have no right to judge because they got the job done we're, we're all we're all learning as we're going along
0: yeah this is better than nothing too that's the thing exactly and i love it i'm not and for the lie. most part there hasn't really been a lot of like stars that i feel like that have been affected by like the people you want to see play are pretty much playing Yeah, obviously like juan soto went down opening day but they're already saying he'll be back soon so like
1: exactly I, my reaction to the that whole, in a little bit while
0: yeah but uh my reaction to the whole thing is kind of similar to yours i i'm not gonna lie it was a little awkward at first watching the yeah. um no crowd and then like i still find it awkward i put on the yankee game today the audio was a little messed up on yes network and like the first couple innings people were complaining mm-hmm. about it but the the game's kind of weird for me still because i don't know if if the players hear the fans that we're hearing online then it's like the the bat sounds like 30 times sweeter but then there's no one yeah. to cheer when it goes out the park so it's yeah, like i mean
1: like case in point like matt Olson opening day hit a walk off grand, grand slam. slam yeah and like sick. how how pumped would the crowd be for that and then even the announcers are kind of like it
0: looked anticlimactic baby
1: is gone yeah like walk was, off and i'm just like oh damn like that's a
0: perfect example that was opening day and then it it wasn't really that like big of a deal it seemed like you know you just had a walk off grand slam so that part of it's a little annoying. I feel the same way about MMA where there's no fans. It's kind of like overkill at this point. But you know what? You're a hundred percent right. It's better than nothing. And like after the two days of us getting used to it, it seems the exact same thing. And even the fans, they are doing a good job of not making it sound too awkward. They're just putting it like a little bit in the background to make it sound like there's people fuck like talking. Yeah, it's not it's it. not
1: something crazy. Yeah. So it's I, like I like that.
0: Yeah, it's solid and the games are being played the same way. Like the I think the sixty games is kind of cool in a sense because we're going to be watching baseball every single day for what the next three months.
1: And it makes it makes every inning. You see, like I, I actually we talked about this last night.
0: That's another thing. Uh, what um, I want to say great with, with
1: with what I want to say with Paxton is you know um, anyone who's a Yankee fan gave Saturday night, runs. yeah,
0: Paxton did
1: not pitch well. He didn't even get through two innings. You know what I'm saying? He gave up what three runs? It was the, uh,
0: the three runs. Yeah,
1: he did not look good at all. And you know what the Maybe in 162 game season, hey, what a 162-game season, James Paxton ball? goes four innings. You can't You can't afford it. You can't, Yankees got their ass whooped last night. But you cannot afford to be giving up that many runs in such a short amount of time. You just can't. And, and the plug for everyone is going to be pulled. Look at Otani today. Today is Sunday. Otani didn't even get an out in the first inning. He gave up five runs in his pitching comeback. And they pulled him right away.
0: Yeah, the, I mean, I don't I think the sixty-game stretch makes everything, like you said, interesting. Every inning matters. And like these it, are huge it makes it games.
1: That much more exciting. You know what's funny?
0: People like always are when the season starts on time, obviously in March, April. Everyone says April baseball and September baseball are the two most important months because it's the beginning stretch. If you start off hot, you'll play well, and if you end high, you'll make the playoffs, and that's proven to usually be true. Yeah, this is kind of like your entire it's just season, a whole man. stretch. Yeah, like what if the Yankees are. But any team for instance wins the first 20 games then you know what you're almost in the playoffs and I think that's dope like it gives like look at the Marlins you know I don't even I came in this season like I don't know about you but I didn't expect them to do well at all because they're in the rebuilding process I think they have a bright future ahead but like I didn't oh, expect yeah. them to take two games from the Phillies in the first series and like now you're looking at it like, yo, what if they get lucky and they. What if they gonna, take
1: two games from four straight series? You know what I'm saying? Then you look at it like that. And, and it's they like,
0: might make a run. And that's yeah. interesting. I get, and you know what? It's good for um, the economic side of baseball, too, because like, the Marlins never have fans anyway. <laughs> like, yeah, so this is fine for, for like the Marlins,
1: the Orioles, the Rays, and the, the, Reds, the Tigers. This I is say okay. As well. The Reds, the Pirates. We can actually keep going. It's kind White of Sox. sad, the attendance. <laughs> yeah. And. You know, for a lot of these teams, it's sad to say, but it doesn't really make much of a difference.
0: But I feel like, yeah, exactly. And I feel like I i really am enjoying it. I really am I enjoying am too. it. It's a little sad when you look at like Soto not being able to play opening day. It would have made the game probably 30 times better to watch more Soto play. But you know what? This is better than nothing. And Soto and um, other people that are sick from the virus are recovering mm-hmm. and we're figuring it out day by day, just like you said. And you know what,
1: that was actually the point that you mentioned before was a great transition saying that, you know, a team can go on a run and make the playoffs. And now it's even easier because of the expanded playoffs and will be announced. What was it? Thursday night mm-hmm. during the yeah, telecast. It was, it was
0: literally like an hour before the Yankee National yeah, game had first. Been. That
1: they will be expanding the playoffs to 16 teams. So what that essentially means, 10 playoff teams originally, which is two wild card. Then it's the three division winners in both in both, um, you know. Let me ask National you a question because I was trying to American break
0: League. it down today. So it's um,
1: it's it's the top two teams from each division.
0: Yeah, I know. So for instance, it would be um, two, four, six. So it would be um, twelve teams winning the division. I mean, not winning the division. Two, uh, twelve teams from the division from the
1: division, and then still the four teams from the wild card.
0: But is the wild card the exact same way that it was before, where it's yes, yeah, that's yeah, it's Best only two teams and... from American League and then two teams from the National League. Yeah and then they you know, play crazy how are they doing the seating though i'm a little confused about this um
1: one. so it's the first round of the playoffs is a little bit different than the alds it's a three game seat now i don't remember what seating teams
0: play the three game set no i read that today it was actually the number one seed is playing like the number eight seed, and then the number two oh, okay. they're doing so it just everything like that. is just
1: a three so okay so that yeah. actually makes it pretty cool but if you think about it i didn't even think about this until just now matt you could have four teams from one division make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. And that screams NL East to me.
0: I was going to say. Uh, that screams the NL East. Makes that, yeah, I know. Because you, you have the Braves, the Phillies, the Mets, and um, the Marlins right now. But what is the other team that I'm missing? Um, who's Wait, that? The did more? you say? The, Mar- um, the Mets, the Braves. who I, The Nationals. We're gonna, the Nationals and the um, Phillies. All teams who we said are very likely to make a run for the playoffs. So Isn't that crazy? I, I just don't thought about that just dude. now. If every team but the Marlins, which is probably going to (laughs) happen, will end up making the playoffs. I mean, I don't know. The Phillies lost the series, so I don't even want to say that. What if the Phillies don't make it? But regardless, four teams in one division, that is insane. that would be
1: crazy. You know what? I really like this. And this is going to sound so weird. I really like this year for sports because this is really a time where we don't know what the fuck is going on that we could experiment with so many different things, and this is exactly what they're they wanted to expand the playoffs for how many years? They wanted a universal DH se- for how many years? They wanted
0: to show in the season. They kind of, you know, what they did with this universal DH thing, they kind of swept it under the rug a little bit, yeah, a little I didn't even, Peter, yeah. the day opening day was going we on be we literally, I was
1: like, Is Cole batting? Yeah, I had no idea. And
0: then I'm like, Because you know how uh, baseball fans listening, they do the lineup cards, and it's usually the nine batters and then the pitcher at the bottom, but like mm-hmm. it gets confusing sometimes because in the national league, sometimes the pitcher's bat. Yeah. So we're like at the lineup, and I'm like, why isn't Cole batting? Why is it whoever? I thought the
1: same thing. We had a little bit of a brain fart. And then there I Googled it, the it, and people balls. are
0: barely talking about it. Like, the universal DHS, yeah. they've been trying to do this for years. They've been trying to help it. Because you know what? That is so stupid, the fact that people who can't hit are batting ninth every game. And it's just three strikes, straight yeah. three. Like
1: I, I heard an interesting stat. You probably heard it, too, um, when they were talking about it during the telecast on Thursday night. I think it was Vaskurgeon that came out that said pitchers in the postseason last year were one for 60. I believe it. Why? It's that is legitimately an automatic out.
0: Yeah, one for
1: sixty is a big enough sample sample size to say that you are legitimately an automatic out.
0: This season's perfect. They shortened the season. Everyone wanted to see baseball be shorter. Uh, They universal. They have universal DH, like you said, and perfect for experimentation. And you know what's funny about all the sports, not just baseball, basketball, football, um, which is starting soon. We just heard, but um, and whatever hockey you can't even say like this season doesn't count because if you, whoever wins um, the NBA championship, whoever wins the world series, the MLB and all these organizations have given enough opportunity for teams to win. They said, even if you weren't in the playoffs from the regular season, we'll extend the playoffs, which is what every league has done. So Mm -hmm. it's like, Every more people that if work, anything, it might making, be harder, it might be harder. So that's what the point I'm trying to Giannis get. Giannis was right
1: when he said that. We laughed at him when he first said that, but you know what? It's coming to be true.
0: I bet you it's harder because there's going to be a team in the NBA, there'll be a team in baseball. There's going to be
1: some team that wouldn't even make the playoffs that is that will, make noise in the playoffs that will
0: make noise, and it's going to give and it's gonna, at, We literally saw that in baseball last year when the Nationals almost didn't even make the wild card, yeah. And then they won the won World too. Series. So it's like, imagine if they're extending it with like double the amount of teams. It's, it it's, will be interesting. It's not easier. I think this championship means a little bit more too. Imagine raising the banner in one of the strangest yeah. years.
1: Ever, yeah. It's definitely something to think about. Um, and even you say, you know, uh, economically and financially with teams and stuff like that, they take a hit. Um, a transition to the next point where one team who said, fuck the financial hit we're just going to hand out the second biggest contract in baseball history. Yeah. The Dodgers extend Mookie Betts to I don't know. The, the details were kind of murky. It's I was like getting 10, a 12, lot of different 11. I was getting a lot of different numbers, but with the final number I I googled was 13 something. years, 385 million dollars in total uh-huh. as like everything including this year. That is that's um, why it's
0: a little confusing because of his previous contract. That's yeah. the issue, but it is about 13 years Matt, or whatever. Matt,
1: how do you feel about that? I I'll, I'll let you start that one off.
0: Um, I heard this on the broadcast as well. What they basically said by that signing that deal was you're the second best player in baseball. <laughs> That's basically what they said. Now, do I agree with it? No, I think Bellinger is probably better than him and he hasn't even extended yet, which I, leaked that I up think for so too. what happens when he becomes a free agent. Now you can't afford, it. they might be able to, it's LA, the Yankees do it with Cole and Stanton, uh, So they might be able to do Mookie and, um, Bellinger. Mm -hmm. but they already spend a ton of money on all these other players. They got Kershaw. I'm pretty sure he's getting paid a good amount of money. Walker Bueller, Uh, Dustin Mays young is going to want a big contract in a couple of years. Um, They got a a max Muncy, Justin Turner. Like how are they going to be able to afford all these contracts eventually? So
1: I'm going to throw two things out there. You one when you just said all those big contracts, this reminded me of a similar situation. Um, There's three teams in baseball that I always feel like are always in a win now mode. And that's the Dodgers, the Yankees, and the red Sox. i feel like no matter how bad their roster is they always somehow find a way to be at least competitive
0: that's a great point with the red Sox,
1: yeah and um what i want to say is this is a similar this is reminding me of a situation do you remember i think it was 2008 or 2009 could have even been 2012 i'm going all over the place here that massive deal with um boston in LA with the Dodgers. Remember when like Boston had that salary cap issue where it was How about like, Manny
0: Ramirez? Um, they, no,
1: no. When they had, um, they had Carl Crawford, they had okay. Adrian Gonzalez, they had Josh Beckett. Do you remember that? And they yes. literally unloaded the entire team pretty much. That was like $350 million in salary cap mm-hmm. that they just unloaded onto the Dodgers. This is, this is feeling like a similar situation to me because the next point I wanted to bring up is the twenty. 20 to 2021 20, free agents are crazy it's literally like you got kike hernandez you got justin who turner It's already it was a breaking in the yeah in,
0: in the you, opening day
1: you know what i'm saying you got bellinger coming up you know you have austin barnes you have will smith who's the greatest hitting catcher in mlb the show don't even <laughs> don't even argue with me on that um, may, we, we
0: just you know what,
1: what i'm saying well well may is a little bit of a you know he's, he's still 22 years old and you know that's i'm that's saying though critical. like and he's got options which is good yeah but it's coming up to a point where it's like listen if the dodgers don't justify all this spending with a world series either this year or next year this is going to be I'm i'm going to say this a colossal failure in the history of mlb because they have been on a run now for about 5 years where it looks like they're consistently the best team in baseball and they flop
0: and you know what's funny they they're tied with the yankees still for being the favorite so it's not even a clear cut favorite the dodgers yeah. are and you know what it's interesting that they spent that much money on Mookie. I think Mookie Betts is a great baseball player. I was actually no a little questioning that. I was a little upset when the Dodgers had traded him because I love and we realized that the Yankees Red Sox games aren't going to be as interesting. So right. there's without a doubt that Mookie Betts is a great baseball player and he's Absolutely. probably a top five, top ten outfielder in baseball. Oh yeah. Uh that's just a little too much money for me. I, I would have rather I can't you know, justify the money. Um, I would have rather went out and went out and, and bought a pitcher with that much money. I mean they could have just held off for a little bit. Cause I mean, I get it. You bring in someone like that and you want to let them know that you want them here to stay. And he loved LA clearly. So yeah. it worked out, but.
1: And it's not only that it's the return that they got, but you can't justify it. And it's also the circumstances. We were led to believe this year that this was going to be the year that the Dodgers won the world series because they gave up all those assets for our rental Mookie bets. That's what it was going to be. There was no intention of the Dodgers originally resigning him because they knew he was going to come in a mm-hmm. deal like he got. So it was going to be 162 games at Mookie Betts. Either we win the World Series and he leaves or we don't, and he still leaves. Like, either way, it was like, we're going to justify trading for Dugo. And, and you know what I'm saying? That was really the biggest piece. but mm-hmm. And a couple other pieces. Now it's a different circumstance because it's almost laughable if you trade all those assets for a 60-game Mookie Betts. So I don't want to say that the coronavirus pressured Not the Dodgers definitely. into extending him. But I feel like that was the only way that they could justify giving him, giving up all those assets.
0: No, yeah, that's a great, that's a fantastic point about Mookie Betts and that deal. I just think with Bellinger there and he still hasn't been extended and with all those people there, it was a bad move. I'm not saying he's a bad baseball player. I I just don't even think he's top. I really don't think he's a top five outfielder in baseball. Like.
1: I think no. he's on the cusp. I no. think he fell off a little bit after his I really think Belling- year last if year. If you're
0: looking at the entirety of the outfield, I'm throwing Trout up there. I throw Yellich, Bellinger both before Mookie Betts. I mm-hmm. throw Judge up there before Mookie Betts as well, and I, don't, I can't say Stan because he's played well for three games, but, like, I would throw Stan in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm missing a name maybe. Um, now I need to figure out one more so I don't sound like Mookie's the top five outfielder, but I really just don't see it. I think
1: he's the fifth best outfielder in, in baseball. I, that's what I think mm-hmm. I think I what you said everyone that you said before him I completely agree with I do think that he is the fifth best only because I feel like now star power and everything is all infield I feel like besides for those five guys it's really like we are struggling to come up with another superstar outfielder yeah right now I mean, you know he
0: probably is Mookie five I, I just embarrassed myself here on the air but no 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 you're, I'd you're say straight we got out you. of those five he's the He's worst,
1: the <laughs> yeah. and okay. like that, you actually recovered very nicely with that. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: Okay. So it's like, and it's ironic because Bellinger's on the same team as him. So, yeah, an interesting deal to say the least. I just think everyone's spending this shit ton of money now because of this. Yeah, thing. this is not yeah, even I just know. like teams; like people in general. The economy's crazy right now. Yeah,
1: I do love. I love Mookie as a player. Like, like I said, top five outfielder, or arguably a top five player in MLB altogether. Um, I think it's a little strange that he gets that much money off of the down year that he had last year, but you know, maybe the Dodgers are also thinking, Hey, you know, new scenery, new contract, new life. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he loves LA, like you said, clearly. And, um, that's a big part of it. Like loving where you are is a huge part of it. And if he loves it, maybe he'll rekindle that flame from his MVP year where he hit freaking 340 with 40 home runs. You know what I mean? Like if he could emulate that for Uh, let's be realistic, he ain't staying the whole 13 years because the Dodgers will find some way to get out of paying him all that money when he's 40 years old. He's already 27 turning 28, so he ain't going to last a 13-year contract.
0: How how good does Bryce Harper's deal look now in comparison to all these other signings? Oh, I don't
1: really think it still looks that good. It hasn't aged well yet because he had a very subpar year last year considering all the money that he's making.
0: I think, though, that it's a solid deal when you compare it to the other – Sign I mean, if that's the recently. if that's
1: the going rate, then that's probably the best deal out of all of them.
0: Yeah, because he, in my opinion, I still think Harper's a top 10 outfielder. But uh, I, I agree with you
1: there. I think Harper – like, Harper is too on and off for me, though. Like, choose. Are you going to be a bust? Are you going to be an average player? Or are you going to be a superstar? Because there's been – how long has he been in the majors? About seven years now?
0: Eight. Hey, I think he was – Eight years. 12 years? I
1: can honestly say that there's probably been about four years where he's been very mediocre and four years where he's been awesome. yeah. So pick pick aside, man, because I, I we can't justify that money.
0: I actually have the uh, like an unpopular opinion here and a bold statement, but I think Harbor's a little underrated. I only think that because he you, he doesn't hit below two hundred and fifty, and he's always hitting thirty home runs a year. So like, yeah, you do make a good point when you are. I we have these arguments all the time, so I'm already prepared for your defense. <laughs> but I'm like, actually
1: going to say something that you're not going to expect.
0: Yeah, like thirty home runs is shit, in today's MLB, really, it doesn't mean like it's good. It's an mm-hmm. it's a good thing to have, but. I don't mean shit, but I mean, like, it's not 30 home runs a couple years ago because the ball's flying right now. Brett Garner had yeah. 30 home runs. That's yeah. what I'm saying. But I still think 250, 30 home runs and, like, 80-plus RBIs is, is a very good baseball player. That's the going when, rate. yeah. Especially when he won MVP before. Like, you know, and he's, and he's electric. He's a superstar. So, I think Harper's deal, when you look at it now, is actually a good one. And same with Machado. Machado is the same one. Let, th- let
1: me throw these numbers out there for you. So, he's been in the league since 2012. Right,
0: he won rookie of the year any one MVP. So
1: he's got a 270 average, probably a seven time all star by the guess. 274. Oh, let me see, let me check that. Oh, it doesn't say over here. 270, 274, 273. 330 was his MVP year. Yeah, he bought 240, th- 243, then 319, but that was a little bit of a shortened season because he got injured. And then, um, two, 249 and then 260. So if you go off they of his last years, two years, though,
0: 240, but they were both. One of them was high two forties. He had one really bad year. That's the way I look at it. I really do think that. I, he had that one bad year. The two forty nine year was last year, or no?
1: No two two years ago. Well, and what two sixty last year?
0: Like he 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 is con- like he's not consistent like MVP. I'm all. just saying a
1: two seventy six career average doesn't really justify the money that he's being made now. Two seventy four isn't
0: bad though, in my opinion. It's I not
1: bad. It's not bad, but it's not worth the money that he's getting. You got to understand that. It's it's I I get it. What I was gonna say to you was that I don't think Bryce Harper's underrated. I think he flies under the radar. I think there's a lot of things that um, Bryce Harper gets persecuted for that he shouldn't, and then he doesn't get recognition for things that he does do. Yeah, that's that's another thing. So like, I feel like it's very reversed. I feel like he gets a lot of hate only because. The whole battle was going to be his whole career has been based off of Mike Trout. If you realize, it's like they oh they came, came the up at the, at the same time, same time exactly. Yeah. It's like oh he's good, but he's not. The Mike difference Trout, with Harper
0: is like, that that Harper's been having the spotlight on him since he was like 13 years old. Yeah, that's
1: what I'm saying. But
0: like that's why it's been a little different though. He's I, still 27 I, years old. Which that's how you know he's there's he's still
1: plenty this. of time for him to turn to turn around and he for the, technically he might say, not
0: even be in the prime of his career if you really want yeah, to exactly. be genuine. He hasn't even hit the prime of his career yet.
1: I just need to see more consistency. That's not consistent for me.
0: I just think looking at it now, I think they got a good deal for him. three thirty, ten 10 plus years to Mm -hmm. no trade clause. Like I said, if that's the going rate, then I hear you, but I think, I think he is consistent in a way Two fifty thirty 30 is like, okay, maybe not for that money, but I think it, Hey, we just said the NFL was a business. Do you know how many Jersey sales? I bet you Bryce Harper leads the MLB in Jersey sales. Can I ask you a question? Uh, this, this is, is
1: just great. like off off topic and yeah, I want to make it short and quick. Yeah, go ahead. So say, so arguably up until the point in their careers where Harper got that money. Um, I
0: just wanted to say before you asked the question, it was judge, but number two is Bryce Harper. So I would say it's worth the deal.
1: So, so I'm saying arguably the same age, arguably similar numbers, not the same because judge has played less years than Harper at the time of the deal would you say that a, a if they give judge a 10 year 330 million dollar deal would that be good for the yankees
0: no i think it would be horrible for the yankees
1: i think okay judge- so you're so it's pretty much the same thing with harper then because they have some very similar numbers up until that point in their career how old
0: is how old is, um aaron judge though he's a little he's, older
1: he's 20 no he, well i'm saying that if he gets a deal around the same time so Har- harper got that deal when he was 26 aaron judge is either what what is he 20 28. Okay, so say if he gets a deal this year or next year around the same around the same age.
0: All right, now ask me that question again now that I know he's 28 years old. Do I think he's worth 10 years, $330 million? In a way, yeah, because it's a business. In terms of, like, skill, you know what? I think Harper and Judge are borderline the same because it's like they're really – no, they in similar ways. I think they're both pretty good fielders. Harper plays with a lot. They both play with a lot of electricity, if you know what I'm saying. Like, they're very yeah. electric in the outfield. And you know what? the put is in the seats. Yeah. And that's what I'm looking at it from like yeah. number one and number okay. two in Jersey So sales. if you're looking
1: at it, but if you think, if you're looking at it from a business standpoint, then you're paying judge. I think the 10 year is-
0: deals are horse shit anyway. Like that's my I, I, I yeah,
1: I was just going to say think, any, anyone a, who gets a 10 year deal, think, no matter how old you are, like is that, banned. that should be a
0: disclaimer. Yeah. Like Harper being on the Phillies till he's probably 38, 39, 40 is a horrible deal. Like, <laughs> Why the fuck would anyone want Garrett Cole till he's thirty eight? I don't understand that, yeah, but you know I what I think really. it is? It's it's so the players have uh protection in their yeah. long term careers. You and know it's what also
1: justification for winning multiple World Series if you do.
0: That's really what the back end years are. Like if you yeah. like the Yankees are basically saying, or the Phillies are basically saying, if we still get production out of you in those years, like thank God. But like we're really paying you for five, six years to do well and you know what, take the rest of the money. So I think ten year deals are horseshit anyway, but like is uh not trout. Is um Aaron Judge worth that? I bet you he gets more than that. He'll probably get 360 ten probably. years. Probably probably get right below move. that
1: depth. that for me, honestly, because I feel like we have to move on, that could be an argument for another day. We might even touch on that topic next week. Yeah. Um I just wanted to say real quick before we get into my real my favorite topic from this week. Yeah, we should mention um, this next one. Well, I just want to say that Juan Soto, you know, the whole weird thing with him testing positive the day of opening day, and then somehow testing negative the same day or the test being read wrong. Um, we don't really have an update right now on what's good Which with him playing. Which was supposed to come out like, today. Yeah. This
0: being recorded Sunday. It never came out. But. I
1: feel like this is being very – it's very shady. Like, if you think about it, they knew since early morning that he wasn't going to play, and the report didn't come out until 3 o'clock in the afternoon that he wasn't going to play. It seems like so there's I feel a lot like of something's false. being – Something being swept under the rug, I feel like, with Soto.
0: Yeah, they're probably trying to find a loophole about him testing um, yeah. negative for it. Which I get. He's their superstar right now, so I get that. But you know? they think the MLB is doing a pretty good job, though, I, I, I'd say. I that. think so. I, I
1: I absolutely think so. There's a
0: weird thing, though, that's going on right now, which we were supposed to mention, but now we're g- – this happened in real time when we are recording that Verlander, there was a report that he needed uh, Tommy John, and now they're saying that the report's not accurate at all. I got to – Uh, notifications forearm
1: strain right?
0: so it's like we don't even know what's going on over there (laughs) yes so maybe all these reports are like iffy I think Juan Soto is really the only big star though that is out besides or Or all Chapman Chapman, yeah and then that's I just
1: I just think it's strange like I'm not even really going to get into it because there's really nothing to say I'm curious we don't really know much about it until the report comes out but I think it's strange it's a little off it's, very, it's a little shady. They said
0: that he took a, a nasal swab. It was positive. And then he took the mouth swab, which is more important, apparently, which is yeah. probably true. And it was uh, negative. So they said they're going to test them in real time today, which is Sunday. Yeah. Um, we never July got the results. yet. Yeah. twenty-six, And they never got the results. They said, first thing in the morning, we'll get the results because they wanted to the play. So my guess is he probably tested positive again. Yep.
1: And-, and they're trying to figure out something. I agree. <laughs> so, so, yeah. yeah.
0: Good One thing on Soto, it's good, though, that he's like the – like, not that he has it, but it's kind of good that Soto's the he's only – He's the only, he yeah. Dealing with it. Besides, like, Yasiel Puig, who got hoed from Atlanta, I haven't really heard a lot of bad things for this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the league's done a tremendous job. We got a shout-out at MLB for that.
1: Absolutely. Now, let me ask you a question. Now we're talking about 60-game awards here.
0: People are nervous listening now.
1: (laughs) This question came to me in my sleep a couple days ago. Yeah, I'm really excited because I I told you about it last night, and we never talked about it after that. I wanted to save everything for today. Matthew Garber.
0: Yes. Can
1: a reliever win the Cy Young Award this year?
0: Now... When you had first asked me this question, Peter, I didn't even, ex- you were like, don't answer. But you know what? I didn't even have a fucking answer for you, to be honest with you, because like, that is a great question. Um, it's like similar to, you know what I would compare that to if I, if I had to use like textual evidence for this, Professor Andrew Sandy, if I Excellent needed, word, by the way. Yes. If I needed a, a document-based question and a, a DBQ and everything, I would go to 2012. Please. I think I'm right. That was the year. Justin Verlander won the MVP. Oh, my God, Matthew Garber pulls (laughs) it out of his ass. Wow. This is incredible. Please continue. I'm going to look up and see the year that he won the MVP. I think you're absolutely right. Let's see if I nailed 2012. I think you nailed it. All right, let's see. 2011, Peter. Oh, damn. All right, whatever. We know <laughs> we'll that he won that. the MVP. He was
1: close. We know that he won the MVP. Now, That's please what... continue because this is intriguing.
0: Now, I think if they let Verlander in a 162 game season win the MVP award, which rarely happens with pitching, you'll never see that. You got to be so good. Like, Verlander was a monster that year. He was, what did he go? 25 and three that year? Yeah, like something nuts. So he deserved mm-hmm. it, I would say. Like, there was no one better than him at that point. Um, mm-hmm. I do think there's a possibility that a reliever won Young. say. Like Edwin Diaz or like Chapman has a monster Mariano esque <laughs> year. Diaz. I know with that horrible control. <laughs> but like, say a reliever like that who has like extreme velocity and like his lights out and someone who no one could touch. And because you know what? Relief relief pitching is even more important than it usually is. So, oh my God. Yes. That's even more of a reason for someone like an Araldus Chapman or someone like, um, And Edwin Diaz or uh, uh, Sean Doolittle's, um, I'm drawing blank. So I'm trying to Um, name relievers. If they really, uh, if they really do what they have to do and make an impact, because there's going to be relievers that people aren't going to win games without them. So I really do see it being possible. That was a great question. I
1: can now see. I could see it with teams. Yeah. What do you think? I want to see. There's no doubt in my mind. I'm. I'm just going to say it right now that a reliever will win the Cy Young Award this year. Because as it is in a hundred and sixty-two game season as it is, the bullpen is more important than the starting rotation, in my opinion. Because in in today's analytical baseball, you're not asking your starter after your ace to go more than five innings.
0: And also, uh, you just said something great. Um that in a regular season, I think did you just say in a regular season that starting's more a starting pitcher is more important than a relieving. No, pitcher? I said relieving is more uh, important. Yeah, but and I would say I'd agree with you, and I'd also say now look at the playoffs, which is the most important time in baseball. If you don't have a pen, you're losing. In you're the first you're round. done. Pitching wins championships, but, like, the bullpen really wins championships. So, Absolutely. yeah, that's even, like,
1: to add on to that. And, you know, it's funny because there have been tremendous years in baseball. The past, I would say, in the last five years, you had Edwin Diaz who had 57 saves that year, had a sub-1 ERA. You had Zach Britton who set the record Brandon. for ERA in a season with a fit. How did he not win the Cy Young that year? He had a point zero and his innings pitched a point five four ERA. Yeah, I bro. thought it was five three actually, but that was it's Since that's that's insane, and. It just – it mind boggles me that people can play an entire season. doesn't matter if you're a reliever. If you're making – in a 162-game season, if you're making 70-plus appearances, that's a big enough sample size to say, holy shit, you yeah. were dominant the entire year.
0: Yeah, you know how when, like, Trout um, came into the league, he didn't play enough games in 2011 to be rookie mm-hmm. of the year, and, like, you needed a certain amount of games to be eligible for certain things? Mm-hmm. Sa- 70 innings should be more than enough. That for- should be more than enough. Yeah, I mean, especially – got to realize how many games that is, though, for a relief pitcher. Like, 70 yeah. innings for a, a starting pitcher is probably, like, 10 to 15 games. Like, yeah. for a bullpen uh, pitcher, it's probably, like, double that, if not, yeah. like, triple that because they're always coming in in situations. Sometimes they may come in for a point. Multiple one
1: innings. and assist. Mm, yeah.
0: Like, you know, they don't – you don't know. So, there yeah. – or multiple innings. They can come in for uh, 6, 7, eight. Mhm. Truck out there. I'm gonna to and get some ice cream. <laughs>
1: there's there's guys that stand out to me now. I feel like uh, this comes with the circumstance with me. Now you see teams like Tampa and the Yankees, teams who have great pens. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals have a great pen. Yes. I don't think this applies to teams like that. I think this will apply to teams. It, it's gonna apply to a team. That makes the playoffs that shouldn't have made the playoffs. I'm gonna say it right now. So, like, if you look at the White Sox, if you get like I don't know Alex Colomé or Kelvin Herrera or someone like that who has you know a tremendous year and the White Sox make the playoffs, yeah. is the only or even you know, you could even go to the Rays and say like Jose Alvarado That'd or um, Diego Castillo, someone like that. You know, like you could even look at like Andrew Miller or someone like that on St. Louis. Like, it's gonna be someone that contributed so much to their team to the success of their team that they made the playoffs. I'm looking at teams, like I said, the White Sox, the Reds, I'm looking at teams like the Padres, even, you know what I'm saying? You could throw the Marlins, you could throw the Phillies in there too, Hector Neris, you know what I'm saying? Like guys who are going to be lights out for it. My magic number for a reliever to win um, the Cy Young this year, if you pitch over 30, like I'm going to say over 28 games out out of 60, you have a legitimate shot to win the Cy Young because in a perfect world with a five-man rotation, you're only pitching 12 games. Pitchers are only going 12 games. Now, that's not – I don't care if it's a 60-game season. That's not a big enough sample size. I mean, you could have Denilson on on – San Diego, wouldn't the Cy Young because like, he throws 102 miles per hour, you know, and it's like, yeah. well, you know, look at Yuvaldo Jimenez when he went 15 and three in the first half and he sucked ass the, in the second half, you know, like, yeah, it's not a big enough sample size. I feel like with relievers, if you're dominant, you're dominant.
0: Yeah. You know, no, that's a great point. There's there's no denying that like you'll it is a clear enough sample size, especially with this season. It's even more enhanced. I would say. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm I'm just excited to see what because like. As my uncle actually brought up a good point yesterday, I was at a barbecue, and he said this might be the first year we ever see a designated hitter win the MVP.
0: That's another thing too. Um, you know, you saw the Dodgers starting to uh, utilize the position a little bit better, which is awesome. You can see like, Nelson Cruz is four. Oh, there you Cruz go.
1: Is forty years old, and he went in. I only saw three of his at bats today, and his three at bats, he went three for three with two doubles and a home run and four RBIs. That man has just been raking his entire career and has never got any recognition for it because he doesn't play a position.
0: He's like um, uh, Beltre too. He gets like older with age almost. That's like the new... (laughs) It's weird
1: how the MLB now is more focused on hitting, strikeouts and hitting. Pitching, it's a north-south game now. You throw high, you throw low, you get strikeouts. And hitting, it's shifts and home runs. And it's so funny how someone that's literally there just to hit will not get any MVP consideration
0: yeah it is isn't it's that fucked. funny no it's fucked up yeah uh you body this and i think that's one of the best questions that i we've proposed on this show and it's a it's an actual possibility peter it really is so we'll have to see what happens with that but um, yeah, leave a comment um, we should throw some money on that from ttl and and see if it actually comes true in, in three months but yeah drop a comment see what do you guys think Pete? what do you guys think who
1: do you think if we missed any relievers on your team or anything like that Anyone, even starting pitchers, who do you think is going to win the awards? Can you think a designated hitter can win the MVP as well? I think that's curious to see our our uh, our listeners roast us on that kind of stuff. So
0: yeah, well, <laughs> let us know what you guys think down below. But I, I'm gonna um segue this, and I'm gonna move over fireworks going on in the background. I don't know what's going on in it's the fireworks? background. Yeah, it's I have no idea. <laughs> um, I just wanted to say before we move on to our next segment which is going to be the l of the week this week to check us out on instagram at ttl sports ww twitter at take The Cell sport one at youtube at take The l sports oh, and we're on just so well. uh, streaming platforms with anchor as well so please continue to listen to us and show support we love it drop comments please we love your engagement um we've actually been getting more which is great so please guys show us some more engagement if you're still listening um drop a comment and say i'm still here at this point in the video so please that would be dope
1: that'd be pretty cool yeah
0: let's uh Move on. Actually, yo, first person doing that, I'll give away personally like a fifteen twenty dollar gift card. So whoever's listening to this, or. This is going to be interesting, yo. <laughs> Whoever claims the prize first, DM the TTL Sports Twitter account. It has screenshot. to be this exact moment. It has to be the exact moment. Screenshot this point in the episode and say, I was here. I was the first one to claim your prize. And I'll send you a 15 to $20 gift card of your choosing right like now that. from Matthew Garber's pockets. You heard it here first. So let's move on to the next topic right here. And I'm only putting this on the podcast, Peter. So they'll only be able to hear the, probably an hour we're in right now. Beautiful. We'll see if anyone claims it. Matt, I'll let you start this one off. Yeah. Well, for the L week this week, we're going to give it to someone who has probably been deserving of the L week for several weeks and (laughs) has for years. (laughs) For years now. Um, he took a notable L when Donald Trump assigned him the ambassador of the United Kingdom position. He's almost lost every single season as being the owner of the New York Jets. He's only been notable for probably two seasons, which is like 2010 and I think 09. 2009. Yeah. Yeah. So that was probably it. But the other the week, this week goes to none other than Woody Johnson. Um, I don't know if you heard. This is another tipping point. Apparently, and Jamal Adams is leaving. But forget Jamal Adams now. Let's deal with something that's actually important. Uh, Woody Johnson is a racist, which is like proven, and he said a lot of uh, derogatory. He's sexist. Things. Sexist. Yeah.
1: Misogynistic. He's misogynistic. It's prejudice. I can go on and on. Yeah. And I'm yeah. not any. And I'm not even saying this from a standpoint of a, a bitter Jet fan. It's just. It's he's been notable. Asshole. It's been He's an asshole. He's you an nailed asshole. it right on the head.
0: Uh, obviously, there's been issues with Woody. Like, we've heard about this inside the the, cl- uh, the clubhouse or uh, the football uh, room, the locker rooms. People have already complained about him. The Johnsons are not fan favorites like Christopher or Woody. But the thing that's blowing up right now and everyone is calling for Woody Johnson's head is that I, I can't tell you the exact thing that went on because I wasn't sure. I don't think the sure. exact
1: clip has been
0: released. Yeah, there totally hasn't really been.
1: Disclosed, Yeah.
0: Right now, Woody's saying he didn't say any of this, and everyone else is saying he did say it. So I don't really know, but right now there's a lot of stuff. A lot of people basically came out in saying that he's a racist and that he's um, misogynistic and he's said a lot of horrible things that have never been said. So that's really what we'll dive into. It's a big scandal that's going on right now. The reason he gets the other week on this half of DTO Sports is because <laughs> he's just an asshole. I mean, Woody Johnson. Yeah. He,
1: this is This goes beyond football.
0: Yeah, like – we just clown the Redskins. I'd say a little over a week ago about how they're inside the locker room in their clubhouse, like how awful they're run, yeah, because Dan Snyder and how se- um, sexually like weird they are. They're trying oh, to do it's these, awful, yeah. yeah, they're doing this weird shit to the employees in the office, and it's just it's fucking disgusting. Honestly, like it's yeah. nasty.
1: It is, and that's that's great that you said that, and I love the passion that you brought with that. Yeah, because. You know what I've noticed? If you watch and what, uh, just Biggest to say, L real quick, of the Week.
0: What he, what he doubled down on it and said, you know what? Like, I'm just going to go out and I'm, Yeah, if I'm, if I'm going down, wrestling. I'm going
1: down swinging, basically. <laughs> yeah. That's what he said.
0: Yeah.
1: And if you watch Take This, like, Who Took the Biggest L of the Week from the beginning to end, it started off very satirical. And now I feel like, as the weeks go by, this is just getting more and more serious. As more and more shit comes out, like yeah, this isn't even like this that. isn't even like a funny one. This is just like straight up like this man who has never really had any great remarks about it, or never had someone come out and say, you know what, Woody Johnson's a terrific guy. I've you never know, heard anyone say that before. You know,
0: it's another weird thing about Woody, like when Trump assigned him the position of the ambassador, the that UK, was strange to begin with. Yeah. Because you know what? We didn't even know that was coming. Okay. Like there was no reports of a new owner coming as jet fans. I was going to give you a perspective, people listening from jets fans. If you're hearing this for the first time, like we had no idea that Woody was just going to leave. So what do you do when you own a team in New York, uh, easily marketable, the New York jets yeah. suck, but they're one of the most um, popular the, teams in football. And that's a they're, statistic. They're
1: a top five in terms most of valuable reputation. franchise. Yeah. The Jets too. are
0: up there. They're one of the most viewed. They're one of the most bought jerseys. They're one of the – they're fan favorites um, just because of the New York location. So, when what do you do when you get assigned a new job? He literally just gave it to his brother who has no idea. Who
1: is arguably worse than him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> who has no idea what he's doing. It was just like run the organization for me for four years while I go do my other stuff. Or possibly eight if Donald Trump gets elected again. I don't know if they're still going to be doing the same thing. So, I don't even know what's going on with ownership. I can't even tell you what's going on in this dude's personal life. He clearly is um a little off, and people are calling for him to sell the team. I couldn't agree more. You're dirty, I mean that disgusting. that's well,
1: that's <laughs> didn't, just didn't coming know. from us because we've been wanting him to sell the team for years. No, but I think this, puts but on a, a more attitude. serious standpoint,
0: what what yes. owner, especially from a team in New York, should have any right to own a team in the league that doesn't support any of that stuff? I feel like he should easily be let go.
1: And, and you know what? The, the best part is too. It's so stupid if you think about it because not only that being racist in general is just r- r- ludicrous but you are literally in the mecca of the world there is every different type of skin color and you know ethnicity new york is- background new york- everything it's
0: a melting pot being from here I-, I can't say this is a direct statistic but i'll tell you new york is easily one of the most diverse places in yeah, the world so it's like it's like, be an owner of one of the biggest teams in and new to york.
1: say and to have shit like that come out and you know what they need to implement, implement right here? Excuse me. Go the Adam Silver way. You know how he said with Donald Sterling, there's no room in basketball for a racist. You have to sell your team. If I'm Roger Goodell, I finally grow a pair of nuts. And I say, listen, there's no place. If you want to take a stand, this goes hand in hand with Black Lives Matter and everything. Everything that's going on with the racial issues. That everyone's
0: stuff. standing up for. It. Yeah, I'd agree. You
1: know, you know what? If you want to make a stand, it has to be full circle. It has to be everything that falls under that category in that realm. And this falls under that. You're a racist owner where the NFL, I don't quote me entirely, is probably 75% African-American. Mm-hmm. You know it's, what I'm saying? It's and,
0: majority, yes.
1: And the Jets are probably 75% African-American between their personnel and their coaches, their
0: trainers, everything. Yeah, so you know imagine I'm how that makes people in the office feel. Who wants to work for someone like owner. that? Exactly. He, he, it's disgusting what's going on over there. I honestly do believe though, if you want to make predictions before we uh, move on, but I think there's a, a good possibility that they the NFL decides to say you're gonna have to sell the team. The reason I believe that is because you know Goodell's gone shit for years for being horrible with like doing stuff. This is the time to make a stand. I think, yeah, now would be the time. And I, you know, it sounds fucked up in a way, but Goodell's that type of person to be like, here's my opportunity. I'm going to go take it. Oh,
1: not only that. Honestly, he already, he fumbled the bag already because he had an opportunity with, with Washington. Redskins, yeah. And he, we haven't heard a peep out of him about any of this. This is stuff. on a
0: bigger level though. I think he'll probably.
1: It is, but any issue like that, like that was all sexual, sexual harassment not not only has no place anywhere especially in the workplace too with the redskins like what was that i didn't hear anything about goodell saying anything about that or anything that was that is also true that
0: doesn't speak up about shit yo no that's that's something he shows up in his
1: basement every month to to let us know what he's doing what kind of t-shirt he's wearing and then he disappears for for another 30 days
0: you know what i'm saying maybe
1: dave partner was on to something when he was like i hate roger goodell
0: <laughs> you saw the uh interview that they did that he did with Trump this week. They actually mentioned Goodell, and there was a little bit of talks about that <laughs>
1: um, well, I was yeah.
0: Dave actually called for goodell to he asked Trump if he could arrest him because yeah. of the whole auction thing that uh went on yeah uh, I don't know Goodell's just a shitty person he really is um I think he's gotten better over the years though. I will he's give been him forced credit. to get better if, that's because if, yeah if if no one was in his ear like you then could he could would those- be the same person. Think about, let's go back to the Ray Rice things. You know, he didn't do shit about that. That, that was when it started. No one had a gripe see, about,
1: about Roger Goodell until the Ray Rice thing.
0: But you know what it is? This is really where, like, it gets bad. Because when, when you look at it, like, if it wasn't for the NFL teams exiling Ray Rice's career, he'd probably still be playing because Goodell didn't really do much to him. Yeah. Look at Kareem Hunt. I don't mean to compare, and I'm not saying any situation is more or worse, but, like, Kareem Hunt was given another opportunity by Goodell in the NFL, and he's currently in the league. If Ray Rice had been given that same opportunity, Goodell wouldn't – like, it's because Goodell's not doing anything. So, they're, he's allowing these people to get this opportunity.
1: You, you know what's so uh, – this is going to sound bad, but just hear me out completely. You know what's so messed up about the whole Ray Rice thing, where it was like, in my opinion, the, we've seen with domestic violence in the NFL that clearly – there's no one strike and you're out mm-hmm. you know you could look at greg hardy you could look at kareem hunt you could look they're at welcome
0: back Adam with jones they're welcome back God.
1: they're welcome back with open arms and the thing about ray rice that i think was criminal was the fact that you know what he owned up to what he i'm not saying it's right and i'm not saying he even deserved another shot but if you're giving other people another shot that didn't even apologize like he did he worked In battered women's shelters, you know what he still apologized. He He does charity work for for all that kind of stuff. He
0: actually lives out here where I'm in New Rochelle. He went to Rutgers, and he um he's always at like the bar downtown talking to people. He's a very he actually is a good human being now, and he decided to coach the New Rochelle high school football team around here and ended up winning a national championship for them, Mm -hmm. um, going number one. And like he's trying to turn his life around. Yeah, Yeah. that's like a good a positive. And it's
1: and you know it's so funny because you look at a guy like Greg Hardy who's just a Fucking piece of shit
0: yeah, as a whole hates human him. being. Hates <laughs> and it's
1: just like, how did that guy have so many chances? But Ray Rice, who, like I said, nothing was right about what he did and yeah, nothing and, could and justify he would, what he and did. And he would say, he say would, would be exactly. the first person to admit it. Yeah. And it's it's sad to see someone's. But it's like, why, why is the, the NFL picking like and yeah.
0: choosing who to give opportunities to is what you're saying. And I, I mean, honestly think I'd agree with you.
1: Yeah. But that's all that I'm saying. Like I said, not justifying what he did. I'm not saying that what he did was right, but if you're handing out second chances, why didn't Ray Rice get a second chance?
0: I'd agree with you. I'd agree with
1: you. getting back to our main point, Woody Johnson, just the Johnsons in general, are pieces of shit. I said a couple weeks ago that the Johnsons should get back to what they do well, and that's alcohol swabs and Band-Aids, and they don't even really do that well. Um, (laughs) But I think that a serious change needs to be made, and if Goodell really wants to back up his words – he would do something about the Woody Johnson situation.
0: Interesting to see how that will play out. Um, and, yeah, we'll move on. Um, these next couple topics are going to be uh, a little, I'd say, simpler, more fun, uh, a little higher of a note. <laughs> Let's start off – I don't know. We'll do eight, then nine. Uh, there is, I didn't know which one I wanted to go in order, but I'll praise um, this team first. The Seattle Kraken. So it was just announced that there was an expansion team. In the NHL, Seattle's getting another team, who I'd say has – Well, team. I mean,
1: they announced that in the beginning of last year, but now this is I the mean, I mean, they man. they yeah. did
0: the press – con. excuse me, you're right. They did the press conference, and it was really just like to show the stadium, what the jersey you're going to look like, what the name is, and the logo. So they – yeah, and I loved it. I, I mean, Seattle, just wanted to say, actually has pretty good fans. Like, look at the Seahawks. They're called the 12th yeah. um, man because there's a lot of people yeah. on a football field, and they're so, like – loud that people act like they're on the field with them
1: even for a really long time with the mariners even before i mean like last year i
0: really thought about showed, that too they they were they showed love to they, the yeah. they showed love to ken griffey jr they, they showed love to king felix yeah. yeah and king felix like they have a good uh a nice little fan base there the logo is tremendous by the, the way logo. i thought the, I was. the colors oh are beautiful my god that is a nice jersey <laughs> so like they everyone was calling for like the people who did the marketing on it like who are you like why wow. don't no more teams do that? And I think it's like, I mean, we're moving on pretty quickly, but well, you look, you look, go ahead. I just want to say the
1: one thing that um, always sucks about um, it. For those of you who don't know in sports, when you do an expansion franchise, mm-hmm. there comes with an expansion draft. So it, it sucks to see because you cannot protect all your players. I'm pretty sure you can only protect, I, I'm, I'm going to say it's, it's a 10 or 11, players that you could protect and then everyone else is free game so it's kind of tough like um a couple years ago when vegas came along and uh they took a, a good player from they took i think it was oscar Lindblom, they took from the rangers you know what i'm saying it's things like that where they're allowed to take and you saw the success that's, that's a good that's a good oh, point their first year man their first year once at a standing cup final that was
0: yeah you should bring that up uh that that is a, a thing that they have to be wary so of they're a little a- too generous you'd say right not only that, I mean,
1: well, they just did tremendous business as well. It wasn't just they made trades and stuff. It wasn't like, all right, um, we're an expansion team, so you hand us um, your best player. They took chances on players that weren't really that great and stuff like that, and they turned, they turned out to be fantastic. They gelled really well. They took a flyer on Mark andre Fleury, who at the time was 36 years old and looking like a, at the end of his career, and now he's turned it around and he yeah. almost won another Stanley Cup, and he's still in a top-10 goaltender. So. Um, I I think that the best sport for expansion franchises is the NHL because that's truly a sport where you just don't know what's, what's going to happen? happen.
0: Look at who won the Stanley Cup last year. You, you know. Yeah, you know what I'm.
1: Yeah, exactly. And look at the Kings who were the eight seed in 2012, and they went eight zero in their first games, and then won the Stanley Cup. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it you just legitimately you could say that for all sports, but I feel like in hockey it happens more that you more legitimately emphasis. don't know. And it's exciting to see. I, I mean, obviously, we won't see them until next season starts. So imagine they threw them right into the playoffs right now. No, <laughs> all right, go sad. ahead.
0: That'd be hysterical. But yeah, I'm excited for it. And I think the marketing for it's amazing looking at it from that perspective. The logo's dope. People already want to buy jerseys. Like every merchandise thing that they're putting out, people are already buying it. So that's it's awesome. awesome. Now, yeah, I'm excited. Let's move on to something that's the complete opposite of what we just another said. Another
1: excellent transi- transition, my friend. You just said marketing and jerseys and all that. Crap! And my God, what the fuck have the Redskins
0: done? Yeah, I, th- I shout out Manny because I don't think his team has been able to catch a break on this show in probably two to three weeks. We've, I know he must hate us. on Yeah, we've <laughs> shitted on them for the way Dan Snyder and the Office has been. Uh, the logo change, and now they've decided to do it actually, but instead of. Saying something, declaring a name for themselves. They said, you know what, we'll wait a year and then do it. We're just the Washington football team. So now what they're doing is, is that you're, (laughs) I love your, your reaction. This is a straight troll,
1: bro. Like, uh, it actually,
0: it literally says Washington football team. And then on the jerseys, it says Washington, where you say Redskins. And then instead of the Redskin logo on the helmet, it's whoever, uh, it's your number. So if you're number seven, you'll have a number seven on your helmet. Uh, Thoughts, reactions?
1: I don't think, you know, what's funny. I think that this is the best thing that the Redskins have done all month. And this is still one of the worst things that I've seen. Like this is the like, I get it. I get it. I get that. You know, and Ron, you know, shout out to the Redskins for including Ron Rivera on this. They clearly want Ron Rivera to be an integral part of this franchise for years to come. So they want his input. Riverboat Ron, man, you got to make a decision. They said that they had anywhere between 16 and 18 names what the fuck, man? How hard is football it to team. get
0: a name? I don't think they want to rush it because, like, it obviously isn't boring to them, but they could have thought of something else. I mean, you know what? That, I would stock up on those Washington football team merch because it, it, will, could sell be valuable. For, it will sell for a little bit because it's only going to be, like, a one-year trade. So. And you know what the funny part is? I actually really like the jerseys. Yeah, the jerseys were the nice. jerseys are kind of nice. They look like upgraded Redskins jerseys. But like, a lot of co- uh, NFL teams are going this Michigan State route with jerseys. You saw yeah. with the Jets too. Mm-hmm. And now kind of looks a little bit like that there. But they are nice jerseys. You you know what's funny? But what the fuck? <laughs> you, you know what's funny? Like I'm thinking about it now. It's like oh my god, this dude. was
1: clearly so like you know all the bad press that they got and now i'm looking see i love following i love talking about redskins right now because i follow manny and i'm literally up to the date on everything.
0: yeah i know Um, it feels like we're in redskin twitter now that's what i'm saying we we
1: have we have a foundation in redskins twitter i feel like like, he's retweeting these people getting hired and everything and i'm not saying that these women are not qualified because they clearly are they've spent years in football but it just seems a little fishy to me that now dan snyder is hiring all these women uh, these minorities, you know what I'm saying? It's like, he's trying to cover up like, it hey, look, I feel... could be a good person. It doesn't feel genuine. Yeah. As as genuine as it must be, and it, as genuine as it might be, excuse me, and based off their credentials. So we and would hope that, that it was genuine. Exactly. It just doesn't seem like that because now, like, why didn't you hire them two months ago? Like, now you're hiring them, like, after all this BS happened, especially, like, with the sexual assault allegations and then hiring women, that just feels so forced. You know, like, it does, it's not a good look. And then yeah, they no- were like... You know what's nothing a good idea? You natural, yeah. You know, you know what's a good idea to get away from this bad press? Let's put out a name like that's the temporary. Washington football team. Yeah, that's
0: temporary.
1: Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I don't know, they, that whole you – know, line them up and fire them all at the same time. <laughs> Just like, I don't know what's going on. That marketing department, the, oh, God.
0: Yeah, it is rough. It is it's rough. Like, they got to get a hold of it over there in Washington because nothing they're doing is good right now.
1: The only good thing that I feel like – I mean, they had a good draft, and they have Riverboat Ron. They have two good things going for them right now.
0: Yeah, Ron Rivera does look promising over there. But, <laughs> but like, everything else like, – <laughs> Ron, Ron must be, like, looking
1: at his wife and his little, like, hula and his, like, Hawaiian shirt and being like, what the fuck did I get myself into over here?
0: Yeah, his <laughs> wife especially is probably questioning, like, what's going on in that building. But I'm not going to lie yeah. to you. Um, they need to get their name out of the press, like, immediately. Yeah, this is getting rough.
1: But um, we'll update you more about it when more stuff comes out like um I honestly I'm not gonna lie I want to bring this up to you right now I'm thinking about um asking Manny if he'd want to come if anything else comes out about this I'd like to have Manny back on and talk more about it
0: yeah I want to hear his reaction on everything that's been going on because I know that
1: Manny wants to hear our reaction about what's going on with the Jets too so we could have a nice little uh sad sack party there between the three of us
0: (laughs) yeah we'll call it the sad sack party I love it bring Manny on Um, uh, yeah we'll definitely bring Manny on soon and um, two fans of two teams, three fans of two teams that will will discuss about how shitty their franchises have been run. Cause we've both been in hot water. So we'll see how that goes.
1: We'll see how that works. Moving on now to more New York sports, actually. Um, it's a the good
0: no, the yeah, I'm actually happy that you put this in here. Uh, Mike Frances iron from the fan. I think he's with the fan or does he do yeah. his own thing? I don't know no, what he does. rather
1: abruptly too.
0: Yeah, but he, he's retired before. Um, I think he retired a couple of years ago and then came Maybe back his and-
1: ratings were down. That's why he retired.
0: He even said, <laughs> though, he's like – I mean, people are already saying he's going to come back soon. If he really is retired, Mike Francesa, without a doubt, is one of the most polarizing sports radio hosts of all time. He's like the Howard Stern. Not like funny-wise, but like in terms of ratings and like being – educated he's up there he does, he's getting older yeah. he says some stupid shit sometimes and he gets a lot of prank calls is what he's going by There's no
1: doubt that he's that he's extremely educated and he's extremely knowledgeable he has like, a we're legend, not taking though. anything away That's from him like, he's a legend
0: sometimes he says dumb shit but what analyst doesn't but for the most part hey he was right about Jamal I was yeah, bashing yeah, him he was we were was, bashing him like was, crazy yeah because he said like Jamal's not a good safety I, I mean that was a little like whatever but he did say to trade him months ago so yeah. Princesses knows his shit he's always has yeah, yeah. so respect to the goat and if he really is hanging up, then you've had a tremendous career, buddy, and you're an inspiration. I would say, like without Francesca, there would not be podcasting, and so no.
1: and there wouldn't the fan would be nothing that what it is now. Too, Max, I'd agree. Um, I want to ask you one thing here. Actually, I'm not going to even ask you. I'm going to tell you this because I was at work today. This is a throw-in topic, just for a, f- a few minutes, Matt. Um, I was at work today and I was watching. Uh, it came across my um, my suggested um, suggested, excuse me. Um, you know Portnoy um, interviewing Trump,
0: Trump, yeah,
1: and it was the barstool like version of it, where like they get everyone's reactions and stuff like that. And now apparently there's a big you know to do with I Big Cat this. and and Dave and stuff like that. I'm gonna say this, and just because I I think that this would be awesome. At by the end of the year, pardon my take, will be on ESPN.
0: Listen. I am not gonna lie to you, yo. There like that would be huge. <laughs> um, I don't know what's gonna happen when it? Opens up on. a spot for
1: us. Do yeah, it, you... do it, do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I mean it's an interesting point you make because like Dave, um the thing from what I was hearing online is that they, there's some employees, not just him, KFC I think is a Met fan. Um he's big for that baseball stuff, but he was another one who was frustrated. It seems like The girl, Erica, who's the CEO and then Mm -hmm. Dave who owns it essentially and the president of it and, like, a couple of the other uh, – And it was, like,
1: the CEO of, like, Pen Gaming and stuff like that. Yeah, whoever
0: really is the owner in it, they all came together and they talked, like, should we do it because, you know, it's Trump, it's political, some people don't agree, some people won't. And I think the big problem with these bloggers is, like, what Big Cat was told and KFC were told, like, oh, you guys are going to have, like, Ownership in this, and you guys are actually going to be a big part of this company. Yeah, so we can't totally. do
1: it without you. Was essentially what they were saying. And they're
0: pissed that they weren't asked. Should I go and do it? <clears throat> I, I, it seems like KFC and Big Cat are probably not agreeing with a lot of the stuff that comes yeah. out of Donald Trump's mouth. So it's like they could have at least. He's not saying he would have told them. Now he just would have liked to at least give them their opinion. And he's saying, "Yeah, like, I see where my trust lies." That's the biggest thing. Like, yeah. I just want to say this for us. Like, if our company ever, which I think we have potential to. And if TTL ever reaches that level, it, it, I hope it never becomes commercialized like that because that was one thing that Barstool kind of like um, sold themselves on. Yeah. That they weren't commercialized. And now this is a very big step. Like, I wouldn't deny, a, listen to me, this is going to be controversial. You, you and I have worked so hard, and like if we were ever granted an opportunity, and as successful as Barstool to sit down with the president, it is hard to say no. One hundred
1: percent, I would do it.
0: You know, like I don't care who's in office. Yeah, and I, I, you know what? Some people may disagree with us when we say this, but it's like that is, you know, it's it's hard to say no to something like that, and it's that is
1: literally one of the most powerful men in the world. Yeah, and to and or a woman, excuse me, figurehead.
0: When you go from like interviewing um, college athletes that we've done bloggers on SB nation, like some former football players. And then obviously we'll rise and we get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then like, they ask you to do the biggest, I see why he would have wanted to do it. Yeah, man, you can't, I do that.
1: Like even big cat said, like
0: also the president as a
1: whole,
0: his, sorry to cut you off before you go, but his dad, Dave's dad, like he's
1: like, isn't even a fan of him. He's
0: like, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of you. And then even his own dad, said Mr. President him so like you could yeah. see like you may not agree with everything Donald Trump's mm-hmm. doing right now and you know what there's probably a lot that is fucked up that's going on in this world of course but I do see why he decided to do it
1: but you know of course because if you you don't it doesn't even have to be controversial if you think about it you're talking about the president of the United States as a figurehead you're not talking about Donald Trump you know what I'm saying like in general He got invited to go to the, he got invited to go sit in the Oval Office in the Rose Garden.
0: 45 people have sat in that chair, you know, like that is awesome. And interview
1: the president of the United States. That is crazy. Now, regardless of your political views, regardless if you, you know what I'm saying? If you like the current president, we're not even talking, I mean, we're talking about Trump and Portnoy right now because Trump is in office. You know what i'm saying yeah if it was four years ago and he interviewed barack obama you would know have been saying i would have i would have said the same yeah, thing forget Absolutely. the name i hope the united that. states yeah
0: it's really just like and being invited to the white house and being asked to interview mm-hmm. as a blog reporter like mm-hmm. someone who's done that for 20 plus years which he's on record of saying like you and i i think would both do that i think it's it's an 100%. accolade yeah. you would die saying that you got to do that like that exactly
1: is and Um, I could definitely see both parts of this. Like Dave, like we just said, like you have the president of the United States and Big Cat being uh, a part of ownership and not knowing about it is I could see him being betrayed. And like now he said he was like for the first time in how many years I've worked for Barstool. Like, I don't know what I'm doing now. I don't know if that is, um, you know, a little staged to kind of get a little bit more attention on them but um i could definitely I see both both sides
0: yeah i do i i agree with you i'm happy to brought that topic up because it is interesting and mm-hmm. politics is always a touchy thing but you know yeah. i do uh, we i feel like we always see both sides of everything that's like one good thing about um us in terms of politics. gotta be
1: transparent man yeah. gotta be transparent that's the only way that things are going to get done in this country
0: i'd agree let's uh let's move on though to the uh we no, have a what couple the more fuck topics. Is going on here. Yeah. All right. So listen, 2020 can't get any more fucking crazier. But you know what? It can. <laughs> Mike Tyson's coming out of retirement to fight not only anyone random like Roy Jones Jr., which I want to start off by saying, why the fuck is everyone brushing him under the rug like it's not Roy Jones Jr.? It's, yeah. One of the greatest boxers of all time. Mm-hmm. That is a fact. So those two are fighting. Uh, age is pretty similar. I think one's fifty-four. One's like fifty-something else. I- I I think
1: the undercard is what kind of gets me even more than the main
0: event. (laughs) Sorry, I completely missed that. Bro, like (laughs) – I mean, it's still fascinating that Mike Tyson's coming out of retirement. It's not as surprising as like we thought because – we saw for the last
1: couple months that it's been hinted.
0: Yeah. Like that he was going
1: to come back. And he kind of literally said, I'm back, baby. So, I mean, like what were we going to expect? But yeah, uh, Jake Paul, who's boxed before
0: professionally technically is one no professionally if you want to be like so where does nate robinson fall into place here i think see all right so i love this youtube shit like i've been watching youtube for probably like since i was seven like that's really a big inspiration for why i feel like i wanted to start a podcast because i was always interested in like the algorithms and youtube and all that stuff like that so, like, the Paul's kind of got big, and I'm not a really big Jake Paul guy, but I'm, I am familiar with, like, I don't, I like Logan, actually. That's a hot take that I have, but like, I, I think Jake's an asshole, and like, he's done some really fucked up shit, and he's on yeah. the record of doing some nasty shit. So, I'm not a Jake Paul fan, all. I can't stand Jake Paul. But since I'm like, familiar with this YouTube shit, I do kind of see like Nate Robinson and how his name kind of got brought up because he's like one of the smallest basketball players, easily marketable, and like, he's fighting it, and like, it just, it didn't surprise me too much. Is there any beef though? Like no, I, I mean I don't. I haven't heard of anything. But the reason yeah. why I think the fight didn't surprise me is because like Nate Robinson is one of those people like Chris Brown or Soldier Boy, who's like always been had their name in that YouTube boxing hat. Like yeah. I've heard his name before, and it doesn't surprise me that Jake Paul's fighting him because like one he's way smaller than I'm. Jake Paul, if I'm not correct, six foot plus, and then Nate Robinson's five six five seven. Um, yeah. And also Nate Robinson like has probably a legit shot of actually like, yeah. working Jake Paul. So I think it, it and you know, it's, it's very interesting. Marketable. A small dude who used to be in the NBA
1: against an asshole YouTuber.
0: Yeah. Like that's why it doesn't surprise me too much. Yeah, um, I'll watch that. We'll probably the, both be watching. <laughs>
1: of course the I'll drop whatever money that pay-per-view is hand down. Um, you know, when I saw Robinson versus Paul, I was like, okay, because it didn't surprise me. It surprised me like Nate Robinson versus Jake Paul, you know what I mean? But after I thought about it, I was like, you know what? Nate Robinson has always been that type of dude that will like dabble in anything. Like, Mm -hmm. like after he retired from the NBA, he wanted to be a cornerback for the Seattle Seahawks and even tried out and stuff like that. You know, like it's things like that where I'm looking at like, yeah, he's an athlete. And like, that doesn't surprise, like, he could probably hit a home run in baseball, in Major League Baseball Park, too. You know, like, he's just that type of guy. Like, it, going down the line, if, if Odell Beckham ever stepped in, like, a boxing ring, that wouldn't surprise me either because the man could uh, kick a soccer ball, you know what I'm saying? He could, he could
0: hit home runs. Watt, like, people like that.
1: Guys like that, like, that doesn't surprise me. So we might see, like, this might be the first instance of where we see an athlete, not just one, a one-sport player, an athlete as a whole, dabbling in boxing and you know what honestly if this is what the sport needs to come back i'm all for that
0: i think they've actually done a good job uh, with the whole ksi logan paul things and then they had um uh billy joe saunders and like uh devin haney real boxers on the undercards of those fights and then they get like right two months later they have like anthony joshua fight so and then they had the tyson fury fight so like they're marketing them pretty good they do these famous youtube boxing fights and then they'll do like real fights so yeah great if that's what it, <clears throat> if that's what it takes, I mean, yeah, there you go. If that's what it takes, then you know what, I'm not opposed to it. And you know what, I will be entertained by watching Jake Paul fight someone who's five seven. And it's like a win win. Like if Jake Paul wins, like that's pretty funny to be like, wow, Jake Paul, like actually, yeah,
1: well, wow, hurt. big man, you know, like yeah. And then <laughs>
0: if it's like if he loses, then we all hate Jake Paul. We could sit there and be like, fuck you, Jake Paul. In a way, he's a genius for that, but at the same oh, yeah. time, like, I'm still not going to like him. But I will be tuning in, especially for the Mike Tyson thing. I, I am. Um, more than happy to watch Mike Tyson come back. I'm a little nervous because yeah. of his age, but yeah, I his think stamina. I I saw a video on Twitter and it was like Roy Jones is really better fight this dude. Like whatever. I think Tyson don't discredit like,
1: Roy Jones. Like
0: <laughs> that's another thing too. Don't discredit Roy Jones. But I think Tyson um finds like a peace in fighting in a way like that's yeah. his life. So like if he wants to do it, let him do it. And I also think he's onto something. Uh, I'm gonna like transition real quick. Uh, but he said on SportsCenter, Center, he was like, oh. Because they're fighting on his promotion. Uh, I don't know yeah. the name of it, but they're fighting on his promotion. And he he said, oh, um, my goal is to get people who are older that are Hall of Famers to still play their sports. Like Jerry mm-hmm. Rice said he could do it. And you know what? I think we should see more of that. We live in a generation, Peter, where you could really see like the craziest shit happened and it's believable. Like we saw Conor yeah. McGregor and Floyd Mayweather like two.
1: I never thought that I would ever see something even remotely close to that happen.
0: Like it's because of social media and the internet and people want it. And you know what? Yeah. Like I'm if thankful- the money's there,
1: they'll do it. And I'm like, what did the God. first thing that Mayweather said to McGregor was we're rich. Yeah. They like, they
0: they would they were beefing, but at the end of the day, they both knew that they were there for one thing. One. He thing.
1: literally said, "We're rich." Like that was the first thing. Like if the money's there, it's gonna happen. Yo, money talks, man. Doesn't matter what it is. You money know, does. Talk. Honestly, if you give me enough money, I'll step in the ring with Mike Tyson. At this I'll age, die, yeah. in this prom, but I'll die. This prime I'll <laughs> die. Even now, I'll die. But I mean, hey, you you float you float me a couple milli, like. I'll get punched by Mike Tyson. Talk. Yeah, we could talk yeah. business. I'd agree with you. So I'm, <laughs>
0: I'm excited. I think that fight card takes place September 7th, something like that, September something. Dude, but you know we'll, what I saw? That was we'll funny. I'm sorry. This,
1: I just saw this on Instagram before. Uh, Bleacher Report, uh, Gridiron was talking about it. Um, Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport had a little like, like uh friendly, like Twitter spat and like nothing serious or whatever. And people were calling for it as oh, another undercard fight on the to, boxing. You know, that would be amazing. I didn't imagine. even see
0: the Schefter and Ian thing, but that is hilarious that people were like, yo, get on the undercard. Can you like, imagine Rappaport versus Schefter?
1: Oh, Shefty would hammer Rappaport, bro. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would love that. They would never, but that would be yeah, awesome.
1: That would be, I just thought it was so funny. Like I, I love the, like the promotions like, and we, everything are having together, fun dude.
0: with it too. Yeah, like, it is. yeah, I agree. It's, it's just, cool. It is dope. I think uh, – yeah, I know, like, Ariel hawani of, of ESPN was talking about finding, like, the schmo – or the schmo was st- – like, there's just so much funny stuff with, like, personalities. That would be yeah. awesome. So, there's that. Um, But, yeah, I'm excited for that one. And let's move on. We have uh, – We have two more, two two more, more topics to talk about. Uh, a lot, though, going on in the NBA. So, we'll close with the NBA. Um. I just wanted to start by saying one thing. It's not on the list because you, the next topic we're going to get into is what do we expect from the NBA after watching these scrimmage games. But I wanted to react to really how they're handling the situation uh, in comparison to the MLB doing it because they're they're both doing pretty good. But um, a report came out um, today that so Lou <laughs> Williams. <laughs> yeah, I knew so, that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> yo lou james williams. harden
1: james harden is sweating right now i know
0: yeah we gotta make two goaded this should be another goaded but like all right so well, this is an l kind of but like it's kind of funny though so uh if you guys are familiar with the atlanta area i don't know if lou williams is from there but magic city is like a very famous strip club uh future raps at magic city on a monday like everyone talks about magic city it's like a famous strip club where they play like a lot of trap music and girls shake their ass like that's what it is it's
1: isn't that every strip club though
0: Yeah, but I mean, like, Magic City's really famous because, like, it's a big staple in Atlanta. Like, a lot of – like, Future got his record spinning there, and, like, that's how he kind of blew up. It's a a big (laughs) staple, you know? Like, it's – magic. the shoe fits. (laughs) You know (laughs) what I'm saying, though? Like, it's it's not your traditional strip club. It's pretty poppin'. Like, people know what it is. And uh, so, Lou Williams had, apparently, a funeral. Because if you have a family issue, the NBA lets you leave. Zion had a family issue. He had to leave. So he told the NBA, which he might have. He said he had a funeral, but then later that night, <laughs> uh rapper Jack Harlow with the Sun says what what's poppin'? Brand new whip just hopped in. Uh posted a IG story with in Magic City, the strip club, with Lou Williams.
1: That's so foul so on Jack Harlow's it, Paul. Yeah, part. it is
0: bad. It is bad. Why did Lou take the picture though? But then Yeah, you know, right. He was
1: probably faded off the do say, bro. Like
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jack Harlow deleted the picture like minutes after and then came out and said, Oh, that was from months ago. But Lou Will is seen wearing a corona mask. So it's like you, we all, this is all fucked up, all right? It's uh, it's so funny that they're wearing masks inside of Magic City. I know. By the way. It's uh, <laughs> They're keeping the strip club sanitary in there.
1: Yeah, as sanitary as it can get.
0: But, like, you know, this is just a fucked up situation. Now they're saying he's, like, suspended for 10 days and he'll only miss two of so, the regular season games. But, you
1: know, someone was saying that, that he should pay his NBA fine in singles. He's missing 10,
0: Peter, but, like, Two of them are important, and they're brackets. Yeah, yeah, One the of them is against the Lakers, games. so like they do matter, and it LeBron's is a little hyped. Yeah, it's just it's a fucked up situation. It's funny. It's really stupid on Lou Williams' part. Like, yeah, you really well, you, already,
1: you already know that James Harden is has his overcoat over his head. He's sweating in the corner of the club right now. Like you already know that James Harden was was you know throwing hundreds out there.
0: <laughs> yeah, James Harden's been there. We just didn't know about it. That's how good he is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> No, but uh, I think that's really funny. In all seriousness, getting back to like, what can we expect? First off, I love the setup. One thing that really stood out to me is that the NBA is allowing players to come watch the games from a safe distance, and I think that's really cool.
0: Yeah, that is cool. I think the fans look a little cleaner too. It's like digitalized, opposed to where there's no fans. In it's a nice anymore. setup. It really
1: is. I like how they have like it's like
0: a scrimmage a court. You got like the
1: team on the digital, um, the digital like Titan Tron or whatever you want to call it in the back of both buckets and stuff like that. Like it's better than it's, nothing, like we've said. They did a those. really nice job. I mean, they have all the, they have all the resources, you know, in their hands there at Disney. I mean, Disney, you know,
0: yeah, they picked the right spot. I yeah, would they say they picked the, picked the right, right spot. They um, got all the
1: technology in the world over there. So
0: true. I. I'm just like kind of used to everything now being like this, so it's like whatever. My just stance on is that it's better than nothing, but in Absolutely. comparison to the other things, which I want to ask you about right now, I think it's, uh, I think it's okay. Uh, it's not better or worse. They're all about the same. I think the thing that's better is that, like you said, the scrimmage courts, and I like the digital fans. But I was going to ask you, do you think it's better um, than the other sports, or where where do you think it stands?
1: Um, I think the setup, like I said before, is the nicest. I think it looks like you said the cleanest. It looks the the most put together. I feel like uh, the MLB, you know, everything, because the MLB, they're in actual stadiums. You know what I mean? Like, there's no setup. There's no setup. It's a little odd. And this looks the more normal than anything. You know what I'm saying? Because they made, they did it right. If they were gonna put, they were gonna put seats. They put very little seats. They made it look. The camera angles make it look very small. They made it. They did a good production wise. They did a good job. It looks the cleanest out of everything.
0: What um my my real last thing for you is this. How do you expect them to do the NBA Finals though? I mean, this goes for oh, everything, post seasons and everything. Tough, but man. I feel like it's gonna be a weird NBA Finals.
1: It yeah, it's definitely gonna be weird. I mean, especially Leo. Can you imagine? Like, just think about this for a second. Like. <laughs> can you imagine like LeBron in the finals or some shit? And then you got like Pat Bev, like in the stands, just like heckling LeBron, you know what I'm saying? Like,
0: that would be funny.
1: Could you imagine? Like, I just think that aspect of it is funny that like literally their peers can sit in the stands and watch them win the NBA title, like firsthand.
0: And they're um, like the only ones that are allowed. It's like, it's a college yeah, campus with NBA stars. Well, that's
1: <laughs> what, if you remember during March madness, because you know, we haven't had a March madness since last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> It, the the teams that are in the city get to go watch as a group get to watch the teams that they might be playing so it's kind of ha- has like that feel to it a little bit um like i said production wise i like cool. it i don't like the the um announcers like over zoom
0: <laughs> or whatever that that's i don't like that hard. on anything like today i, I said like the S network was horrible with the home yeah I, thing
1: i'm not a fan that. of that um I just missed a bang by Mike Breen in person. You know what I'm saying? Like that hits different. Like mm. when it's in person.
0: Yeah. But um, maybe it'll be better in the finals. They'll probably come more bread. They're also letting like commentators in. Pro, they'll probably adjust it because like it, they have people in the yeah. national stadiums doing it. They'll probably once have the to numbers
1: go down and stuff too. Once it starts getting a little bit safer, maybe they'll open up just a little bit. But. um I do think it looks the cleanest out of all the sports so far. We haven't seen – but we haven't seen what hockey has to offer yet. So
0: Yeah, fair point. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, hockey, you're right. We haven't seen what hockey has. Uh,
1: I mean, MLS, I mean, it's literally just a gigantic college campus of fields. It looks – it to me, it looks horrific. They have just one giant banner going across one side of the field covering everything else, but you could clearly still see the other, the other fields. And yeah. the other teams training on the other fields too. So it's a little yeah. weird.
0: Yeah, we'll have to. We're all we're gonna have to get acclimated with everything. So, yeah, I, I like it better than though, like you said, exactly most of the, like the other ones know. that are going on. But and in terms of other basketball and our last topic, I, and thank you guys for being with us. Uh, if you're still here, <laughs> but um, Tom Thibodeau, uh, Thibodeau, Poor bastard, uh, is the new head coach of the New York Knicks. I love I don't it. Even really know. I see. I'm a little different. I
1: love it only because um. I saw a team under Mike. First off, shout out Mike Miller. He did a very good job for what he had.
0: I hope they include him somewhere. In like that Mike, I stuff.
1: really think that Mike Miller did a good job, and I think yeah, he a lot did. of basketball fans can back me up on that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, he showed you, though, that coaching does matter. Yeah. When they got rid of Fizdale, they started winning yeah. games.
1: I saw a team that could win games and play hard with no direction. Thibodeau brings a defensive, gritty – Uh, Game plan and that's exactly what the Knicks need because the Knicks are young and they're moldable and they have terrible defense. So
0: I agree with you there. I'll be excited if Thibodeau brings the 2012 Thibodeau that the ball one coach of the year. Yeah, like Mm. that. If he if he coaches like he coached the Bulls, that'd be good. He was a little shaky in Minnesota. That's my only concern. I
1: really like I really like what they have. Well, they have so you know with the whole Jimmy Butler thing too. There, you know what I mean? Like they had they had a very weird dynamic and stuff. I don't think he got a fair shake.
0: in I Minnesota. agree with you, but it, it's like fifty. It's a risk. Yeah, but you know what? maybe the Knicks need that, and maybe yeah. maybe this will be a new thing for both the Knicks and Tom. So
1: and everyone seems to forget that they're building a little bit of a. They they have chemistry already right out the gate, the front office, because William Wesley and Leon Rose. Um Leon Rose had Tom Thibodeau as a client. Mm-hmm. So right then and there, the new, you know, president of basketball operations or whatever is hiring his former client. They know each other well. Leon Rose really seems to know basketball. William Wesley, they William Wesley and, and Leon Rose really seem to be actually running the team, whereas we used to have figureheads. You know what I'm saying? Like Scott Perry, and you know what I'm saying? They weren't. They were Yeah, they weren't really running the team. But now I, I would like, say, like
0: Dolan's always trying to put his finger in, and he's yeah, the,
1: he's like, he constantly puts his finger up his ass and makes his executive sniff it. So <laughs> you know,
0: uh, yeah, it's a more clear direction with Leon Rose. Yeah,
1: I, I like I like what they're. I honestly like this. This is gonna sound weird, but I like this direction more than when they hired Phil Jackson.
0: You know what it is? I agree with you, but. And, like, I think you're probably right, but it's – the Knicks are so that Like, yeah, until like, I believe – I'll believe yeah. it when I see it. That's my stance.
1: I won't believe that the Knicks are good until they actually physically hold the trophy above their head.
0: Or even like, make the playoffs again. That's yeah. what all I'm asking.
1: So, for. so um, this is all we could really ask for. And you know what I like about it, too? Like, they have time because they're not in my – you know, they're not in Florida. They're not playing. They have they time to practice the, and gel. Out. Yeah under Thibodeau you know what I'm saying they could probably practice as much as they want right now too yeah so you know you get Thibodeau in there he has a defensive gritty system um you know they have they have the youngest roster in in basketball which is crazy to think about for for a team that never has any hope this about this is the biggest sliver of hope that we've had in a few years
0: I'd say yeah, uh, I couldn't say it better myself. Uh, I, I'm just hoping for the best. I'm like over the next. It's very hard supporting a team that hasn't yeah. won in so long. So we just want a postseason, please. If you could bring it to us, Tom, then be my guest. <laughs> I love you forever, buddy. Um, wow, Peter. Uh, that's all I could say. That was probably a two-hour show, an hour and a half, probably an hour and forty, easily the longest show we've ever done. Um, hey, Bobby Schmurda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I didn't know when the house coming off at the end, it still works. I get to look at your gorgeous hair before we end the episode. So I
1: look like Johnny Bravo today.
0: Yes, you do. <laughs> and you rock that look great. You really do. I thank you.
1: appreciate it, man. I get as I get too much love from you. I don't deserve <laughs> it.
0: Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, please. Uh, if you're still hanging on, let us know. Like I said, I hope one of you guys caught that 15, to $20 giveaway. If you did, you did, you did. did. That'd
1: be awesome. Yeah.
0: But, um, Go ahead, Peter. Check us out on everything, is what I was just gonna say.
1: Oh no, go ahead. Go for go for the plug, man. I, I can't interrupt you with that.
0: Check us out on Instagram at TTL Sports WW. I'd say we're the most active there. So if you want to look at us there, go there. Uh, Twitter, also Take This L Sport1. Um, and we're on eight to nine different streaming platforms. Where we podcast once a week and we have a bunch of different stuff on YouTube. So check us out at Take This L Sports on YouTube also and on podcasting. We are on Google, Apple, Spotify, anything you can name, literally anything.
1: Yeah, just a couple of things just to add to that, I and mean, you know, you plug us so well as you always do. Um, we are up to 146 subscribers on YouTube. That means the world to us. Uh, if we can get that to 150 by next week, that would be awesome. We are over 300 streams on Anchor in just 12 episodes, so I think that's awesome as well. The fact that, that you so guys, the fact that you guys wow. actually download the episodes and listen to it means the world to us as well. Um, we have 945 followers on Instagram as well. If we will really want to get to a thousand before August, that was actually, if you remember Matt, that was one of our goals when we, when we started in January, one of our goals was to hit a thousand, a thousand followers the bef- before the year ended. And the fact that we even have a chance to do it in under eight months is incredible. Thank you guys so much for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, we appreciate you guys seeing how hard we work and the fact that we really want to get you guys the best content that we physically can. We still have a lot of crazy, crazy shit that's going to come out. You're not ready for it. I've been telling Matt that you're not ready for it. So when it comes, you better be
0: ready. Yeah. And that's the last thing I was going to close on before you do the, I always do. (laughs) But uh, the the last thing I was going to say was we do still have a game show coming and I know we've been teasing it, but uh we've been working and trying to figure stuff out for you guys to try to drop content at the same time and still produce at a high level of dropping a game show. So bear with us. It's coming soon. And uh the one thing that we mentioned last episode that I hope you guys are continuing to do, just drop comments and likes and forget the likes. I'd rather you hate on us than even like it. I, don't I just really shit.
1: want I just yeah. want the engagement, man. I want to hear your guys' voice. I want to yeah. hear the voice of the voiceless.
0: Yeah. Let us know what you guys think about everything. Drop some comments down below and I really hope you enjoyed episode 13. And if you are, um or haven't already please follow us on something and uh thank you guys so much for listening peter say goodbye to these beautiful people
1: listen everyone that right there on the left is matthew garber on the right i'm peter anderson i'm cutting you off because
0: no 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 because they can't even see us you fucking moron (laughs) (laughs) if you're listening to this then how do they know who's on the left and who's on the right
1: that's why I said it on the left and right. Nah, I'm
0: I, – I, I, you not know Maybe I you're right, up. actually. Maybe you're right because, you know what? Maybe I'm the fucking idiot because they would know now. You're giving them context of where we're sitting. I'm the idiot. <laughs> All
1: right, that whole last minute right there was just a disaster. Yeah. So let me say that again. On my left-hand side, that's Matthew Garber. On the right-hand side, I'm Peter
0: Anderson. And until next time, like, share, subscribe, and peace.